Hello and welcome to Weekly Suit Gundam, the special bonus podcast brought to you by the folks at the Weekly Stuff Podcast. I am Sean Chapman. And I'm Jonathan Lack. And we are here to celebrate the second anniversary of Weekly Suit Gundam because, Jonathan, it has been two years since I had you watch the first two episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam and we sat down and recorded a podcast about it. And two years later, we've watched a billion Gundam episodes and five billion movies. I've, I went and did all the math and... It's it's it rounds out to five billion total Gundam things we have done <laughs> in two years because holy shit we have done a lot of this podcast we have and you're forgetting the the part of the story about two years ago when like five minutes before we started recording I said hey what if we like split the Gundam thing off from the main podcast just because it's gonna be it seems like this is gonna be a lot to talk about and um, Weekly Suit Gundam was born with about ten seconds worth of thought. Yes, and never thinking about the fact that this podcast was never particularly designed to be weekly in any form, and yet, because we have a weekly podcast, we just kind of stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I called it Weekly Suit Gundam because we're, we're our main podcast is the Weekly Stuff Podcast, and I thought that would be funny, and um, here we are, two years later, uh, I can't believe we've gotten this far, Um it's uh, it's been quite a ride, and I think I speak for both of us when I say this is my favorite podcast thing we've ever done. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it is. It was my like podcast dream of I secretly watched all of Gundam on my own in a year because I was unemployed and just out of college, and I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but Gundam's really good, so I'll watch all of that. And then it was really good. I was like, well. <laughs> I want to do a podcast on it, but it is also like five billion episodes of anime that Jonathan would have to watch for us to do podcasts on it. Um, so I just slowly chiseled away at it until we had some free time and then had you watch a little bit of Gundam. And then you took the bait stronger than I ever thought you would. And now we are already, we have probably about one year left of the podcast until we catch up. We've got about 10-ish shows, like depending on how you group things together, left of until we're like current on Gundam. And we're we're getting frighteningly close, and it's kind of crazy. It is, it is. And, you know, so you watched it all in one year. It's taking me longer because we're doing a podcast on it. Yes. But I would not have it any other way. This is, I mean, this has forged, I think, for both of us, a uh, for you, an even deeper connection with Gundam. Mm -hmm. For me, a very deep initial connection with Gundam, because I will always, always, always have my memories of every episode of this entire franchise of Gundam, every movie... Every piece of manga I read tied up with this podcast, talking to you, releasing episodes, hearing from listeners, all of that, uh, and it makes it very special. There's there's no other franchise I I quite have that with, obviously, because we have no other podcast this in-depth on one thing. Um, so, man, it's it's been a blast. This last year, you know, we didn't get to as much Gundam as we did in year one, because year one, um, I was like a fucking cocaine addict with this shit. And you were, you were like, hopelessly trying to catch up with everything I was watching. Yes, because also, also in that first year, uh, the pandemic was not a thing for most of it. Uh -huh. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the pandemic, more time at home, 
but not as much time to watch Gundam, ironically. Uh, yes. So, but but man, this last year, what all did we watch this last year, Sean? I have the list in front of me because this is what we're going to be kind of working with today. Um, let me see if I can find it. We watched G Savior. Yep, that was after that was the first episode after our one year anniversary. We watched 0080 War in the Pocket, 0083 Stardust Memory, uh, the Eighth MS Team. Uh, we watched Mobile Suit Gundam Seed, Gundam Seed Destiny, the Zeta Gundam New Translation Trilogy, Mobile Suit Gundam 00 Season 1, 00 Season 2, 00 The Movie, A Awakening of the Trail Blazer, MS Igloo 1, and MS Igloo 2. That was all this year, and that is a really, really interesting set of shows um, that we are going to be doing a lot of rankings with today. Yeah, so the, the overall objective of this episode is similar to what we did for the one-year anniversary um, is doing some ranked lists. We'll do some lists specifically um, looking at this past year of Gundam stuff because I want to make sure that you know we, we can talk about the shows we've watched in the past year in depth and not have be overshadowed too much by um, the like original Tomino stuff that is obviously, hey, Mobile Suit Gundam and Turn A Gundam are still the two best Gundams. I don't think that that <laughs> has changed. Uh, spoilers for our list. Um, but we will also then be ultimately... The true objective is to, at the end of this episode, us presenting our own list of, we have watched now across these two years, 21 total Gundam series. I don't know how you, because some of them are movies, some of them are OVAs, some of them are shows that then we just kind of put the movies in with the show, but 21 things that we're ranking. Um, and then we will then together have to update our official list, the ranking the Gundam of Gundams to determine the true Gundam of Gundams of the, the official Weekly Suit Gundam podcast rankings. So so that will be the ultimate goal, and we'll have some fun rankings along the way. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into all that, Sean, uh, quickly want to remind everyone that the next episode of this podcast will be coming pretty soon because Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, or Hathaway's Flash as it's known in Japan, is coming to Netflix on July 1st. Uh, we did a quick news update episode last week where you can hear us talk about that. And we will be reviewing that as soon as it comes out. That'll be episode 33 of the podcast, so look for that on July 5th. Uh, and then we'll update you at the end of the show on all the plans after that. But just wanted to remind everyone of that. Uh, and before we get started with our ranking, Sean, I did put out a call a couple days ago to Weekly Suit Gundam listeners asking them what their favorite Gundam show we've watched so far is and which of our reviews that we've done on the show was their favorite. Um, and, and any listener questions they had. So I've got a couple of comments here. I really, I should have put out the call um, more, uh, like, uh, precisely because I forgot to say, like, and we're recording this on this day. So yes. um, not everyone may have gotten their questions in yet, but we can keep this, we can keep this going if people have more stuff. But I have a page of them here. So uh, I'll start with the shortest one, which was uh, Meow Nyan on Twitter, which is a great username, Meow Nyan, uh, who just wrote, Turn A number one. I like that. I like the turn A love. Yes, turn A it is uh, th that might be my favorite episode that we did. Yeah. I mean that was one of the ones that like I was so excited to get to um and I remember having a good time recording that and just like digging deep into that show because that show has a lot to dig into. I think it's the longest episode. I'm pretty sure it is. It's also I think it's like the longest episode. And I think it's also the episode that after we recorded it, it was the episode that I most felt like, man, I still had a lot to say about that show. Yep. But we could not <laughs> physically have kept on recording that podcast no. for any longer than we did. No, not at all. Uh, Abo Duo on Twitter said, Turn A for both show and review. You guys did a great in-depth discussion of what I consider to be Tomino's ultimate masterpiece. 
Thank you, Abo Duo. Um, I'm glad. I, I think I agree with Sean. That's that's one of my favorite reviews we've done. Um, for year one, my favorite from that year. Maybe we'll talk about what our favorite episode from this year was, Sean. We'll maybe say that in a minute here. Um, Jalakok on Twitter wrote, Victory and Char's Counterattack are my favorites in both show and review. I like those choices. Those are unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also listened to the Turn A review multiple times. Uh, thank you. Uh, he also asked, have you read the fan-translated books that have been coming out recently? The first volumes of Hathaway's Flash and Victory are available. There's also a partial translation for Tomino's book about the creation of Turn A and how it helped him get over his depression. Um, I did not know about these. That sounds cool. Sean, you don't need translations because you just read Japanese. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I that's like on a back burner for me is eventually I want to check out more of the, especially some of that like production side of things of some of like, those kinds of books like, yeah. and also the, the novelizations would be cool but but that would be something that would be fun to get around to reading at some point absolutely i've heard those victory novels are crazy so i would like mm-hmm. to see that um and i'm i'm working on my japanese language skills again for my doctorate so hopefully i will uh be there too soon enough and we can do more of that kind of stuff um one of my one of the first manga I want to go back and read in Japanese is um, uh, Crossbone Gundam, especially because we don't mm-hmm. have an official version, and I want to get those books in from Japan. So, okay, Roberto Noriega on Twitter said, Gundam 00 is my favorite since the geopolitics in the first season had a true Global War on Terror era feeling, Celestial being shifting the trajectory in Sri Lanka being an example of such, this more realistic history was great. Plus, Sumeragi Lee Noriega is the best last name in all. Um, that's true. Uh, as for favorite review discussion, it was the one for Char's Counterattack, since I found it on YouTube after watching the movie itself. Since then, I listened to the corresponding podcast episode after I finish a Gundam series or movie. I just finished to turn A and I'm moving on to Gundam X. Well, thank you, Roberto. That's awesome to hear. That's kind of what we hope the podcast is used for. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's cool to hear. Um, Char's Counterattack, I do believe, is our most popular episode on YouTube. I would have to check, but I think that one has the most views slash listens um not surprising to me because that movie is popular and mm-hmm. um it's it's a very accessible i think starting point for the podcast so that's that's a good one yeah because also yeah you can if you you know if you wanted to listen to our like gundam seed episode in full depth you'd have to watch all of gundam seed if you wanted to watch Shars counterattack that's a two-hour movie that is easy to watch and just go listen to a podcast on which you should. It's a good movie. Yes. Um, I'm going to watch it again uh, one of these days soon because Hathaway is coming out. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex Moore wrote, Gundam 00 is his favorite too. In my opinion, it's the most complete Gundam experience. Uh, it does not feel like one Gundam show but three, and each part feels so different and mm-hmm. satisfying to watch. Part of it is that Gundam 00 has what I refer to as the three flavors of Gundam. First, the very realistic boots-on-the-ground feeling like the OVAs, Season 1. Second, the traditional Gundam like Zeta or Seed in Season 2. And three, the very sci-fi, new-typey, space magic like Unicorn in the movie. That's a good way of putting it. I, I think we, yeah. we talked around that, but I like kind of framing it that way because it's very true. Double O is kind of like all of Gundam, all its flavors in one experience, which is crazy. Yeah, and seeing it like the transition points from one to the other is a thing that I think is particularly cool about that show. Uh, and he says when it comes to his favorite discussion on our podcast, he's split between Gundam Unicorn and Turn A because they're so in-depth and it's just so interesting listening to them. Um, thank you. I, I think the Unicorn one is good too. Um, uh, although the Unicorn insane. one is one that always kind of sticks in my craw a little bit because it's the only one we did out of order. Yeah, because, I would... Like, I think the episode itself is good, but I'm annoyed that we had... We hadn't fully sort of cemented exactly what the podcast was going to do. I right. think we did it when we did because it was kind of the universal century timeline stuff 
um but it's like it's just so slightly out of order that it, that it's the only one we did like that yeah i agree and it's one i think if we have time i'd kind of like to revisit in production order because i think that would be interesting we'll see um in in I some mean, if form we revisited another. in production order it would be like right after age would be i think when uh unicorn gundam is done. okay so not in production order but maybe yes. when we're done with everything that might be a good one to go back to mm-hmm. um he also asked is there any chance for a main gundam antagonist ranking and i told him i would keep that in our notes maybe not for this year but when we are when we've done everything i think that would be a fun list to do even though number one and two are char and haman karn in some order <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I do think it would be fun um, to just do, you know, once we're caught up with Gundam, just do a stupid number of lists. Yes. Um, um, obviously not just in one episode, but I think it'd just be fun to, yeah, like, I think that is a good idea. If other people have ideas of good Gundam ranking type things they would like us to do, they should send that in at any time. Um, because, yeah, that would be something I'd like to do once the podcast is done is just look at all of everything we've watched and just make dumb lists about it because... That's I agree. The heart of what podcasts are? Yeah, and the antagonist one—that's a genuinely good idea we should do. Yes. But I also want stupid ideas. <laughs> yes. Like, do you want us to rank the top ten Haros? We can do it. We'll get there. <laughs> I, I already know what my number one is. <laughs> it's Victory Gundam Haro, right? Yes. Yeah. And I know what my number two is. Now I've thought even more. <laughs> Victory Gundam Haro is the only one who like commits genocide <laughs> by firing a gun. Yes. So, all right. Uh, True Life Dude on Twitter wrote, Unicorn left such a big impression on watching on me watching it back in high school, right after watching Zeta for the first time. The leap in production quality blew my mind, lol. The Double O podcast were my favorite, though. Loved returning to that show and hearing your takes on it. Yeah, I think the Double O podcasts, I will say, definitely marked a turning point for the format of this podcast because that show had such a natural, you're going to do season one, two, and then the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and I, I think we loved doing it that way. Slightly shorter but more focused episodes. Um, and we're kind of breaking everything up like that at this point. Um, like age, yes. we're going to do that way. Um, you know, Iron-Blooded Orphan sort of does it for you again with season one, two. But yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, everything from this point is either basically split into seasons slash story arcs, because age isn't seasons, but it has, like, a very clear split point around the middle, um, or everything else is only 24 to 26 episodes, like Bill yeah. Fighters and g Reco. so. Yep. Uh, and finally, Jimmy Jonathan Lee wrote, Would the era of Zeta, Double Zeta, Shars Counterattack be better if Sela was able to have a bigger role? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I mean, I love that era. There's not a ton you could do to improve it. But I would have, yes, I would have liked more Sela. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason why she isn't is because the the actress who plays Sela was busy. Um, like, it's yeah. just like with schedule, scheduling reasons. So, yeah, like they definitely had ideas for things to do with her. I am not don't know what the specifics of that were. Um, but, yeah, it always feels like a weird spot that I don't know if you need like a lot of Sela in any of those. Um, but more than like the little cameos you get, um, especially considering that she is Char's sister, you know, like it feels like. And one of the major, major characters of the original, like one of the only major characters who never returns in a huge capacity. Right. Yeah. So it it is, it is one of those things that's, it's odd. Like it's totally understandable why she's not like it's, there's nothing you can do. I prefer them doing what they did to like recasting the role or something. Cause that would have felt like for a character that is not needed for the story, it would have felt like, mean or something to recast her but yeah yeah Yeah, and and i you know her scenes at the end of double zeta are some of my favorite in double zeta i Mm -hmm. it's a great great scenes um and i feel like at least something with her in in char's counterattack would have been cool but there you go 
Um, and then his, his other question is, why do parts of the fandom have a negative view toward the new type concept with words like it distracts from the real robot realism? I wonder why, because new types are cool. New types are cool. Um, we have, this has been a long ongoing discussion on this show, um, mm-hmm. because some shows do it better than others. I don't, it's not like I don't get that reaction from some corners of the fandom, although I feel like that's a pretty fringe view overall. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've sympathized with, with it because I, I mean, certainly on first watch through, it was something that bugged me and it wasn't like new type stuff I think is, I've always liked generally speaking because Mobile Suit Gundam 1, the original show, first Gundam does it so well. Um, but the thing I always got annoyed with was like the Super Saiyan Gundam concept that you get at the end of Zeta. Um, that rubbed me the wrong way on first viewing. On multiple viewings, it doesn't bother me, especially because it's just like, when you watch it in Zeta, it's the first time they ever do it. Fucking everything past that point has some kind of Super Saiyan Gundam something or other. It's Trans Am, it's literally Super Saiyan in G Gundam. Um, but yeah, like I, I see where some people w- like really crave these kind of super grounded 08th MS team, War in the Pocket style um, that you get from the OVAs. Uh, but it is something where Gundam is not Gundam as a franchise if you don't have the new type stuff. All mecha anime needs to, at some point, deal with some weird idea about, like, consciousness transcending the human body and, like, transhumanism. It's just, like, a thing. All of them do it. First Gundam does it. Eva fucking obviously does it. Like, everything does it. Bottoms fucking does it. Um, Macross kind of does it. Uh, You always need to have some sort of weird psychic, the mind transcending the body, because it, I do think it, like, ties very directly to the themes of, like, what it is to be in embodied in things like that that connect to mecha and, and yes. those kinds of ideas. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a a big part of all of this, and Gundam does it best. And mm-hmm. you know, I I have always loved the new type stuff, and I will always take more new type stuff. I think it's great. But the great thing about Gundam is there is such a variety. You know, if if that's not your thing, well, hey, the Eighth MS team has you fucking covered, right? Yes. Um, and there are AU shows that do this very well without really broaching that um and then there are also shows like after war that do it in a kind of different lens and are fascinating in their own way you know so um it's a very durable concept to me and i think there's there's a whole lot you can do with it so i i love it i think it's cool um Mm -hmm. you know there's a reason why the biggest anime like journal in japan is called new type (laughs) so exactly yeah all right that's all the listener stuff we've got sean so should we kick into our first ranking yeah, so let's. I guess let's do an overview of like what rankings we're going to do because it's slightly different than what we did last year. Um, because for the first anniversary, we did a bunch of lists, um, and some of them we're not going to readdress, at least not on this podcast. We might revisit them when we've done all of uh, Gundam. But for the first anniversary, we did do a top 10 characters list, which we're not going to address that um, this time out. Um, we did a top five soundtracks, which we're not going to touch um this time out either uh, partially because when i looked at it i was like well there are a lot of really great soundtracks in what we've watched but none of them for me broke into that top five so i was like well let's wait and maybe we'll hit gundam soundtracks once we have the rest of it in there also um so we won't be changing or adding anything to those lists and we're not doing lists for those for specifically season two stuff what we are doing is we are doing a top 10 mobile suits list that is going to cover specifically um stuff from the shows we have watched for the second anniversary or the second year of the show um so only mobile suits that have appeared from everything we've watched from g savior which i don't know about you jonathan but g savior sure was 
that was a memorable mobile suit definitely will be on my list somewhere <laughs> um but from g savior all the way up to ms igloo 2 um and then we will also after we cover our list for year two content we'll then talk about do these or how does this change our old list from the first anniversary year then we'll move on to um top 10 songs for second season stuff um so this is all stuff of either opening themes ending themes or insert songs basically any lyrical song um that plays connected to a show um top 10 songs specifically for year two stuff and then we'll look at how do these fit into the top 20 we did for the first anniversary episode um and then after that we'll get into the shows themselves and ranking those yes and uh you know nothing was sacred for me i will say so like i also rearranged my original lists a little bit um when i put new stuff in so yeah, yeah. i i don't didn't rearrange much i think i moved a couple of things in my song list um i don't think i rearranged anything in my gundam series rankings i don't think that's not because i felt like i shouldn't i think it's more because i have already seen all the stuff once so unless right. something like my opinions on something really changed a lot on reviewing it doesn't really budge my ranking and the only things that i think um either went really higher in my um rankings are stuff that we did in year two um and i didn't really feel like i there's anything from year one that i felt like had changed my feelings on in any real way yeah well well the stuff from year one was very fresh for me at the time and i've had more mm -hmm. time to sit with it so you'll see some changes there um but we'll, we'll get to that later should we start with mobile suits or songs uh, I, let's start with mobile suits because I, I don't know about you, Jonathan. I found that list a lot easier. I mean, there were some hard cuts here and there, um, but the songs list was utterly brutal. Like, just probably the hardest thing I've had to do in terms of making lists on any podcast we've done, I think, was, was dealing with the songs. Um, specifically, then trying to fit them into the existing top 20 list and realizing, well, that means that some of the stuff on that top 20 list has to get cut. And yeah. that's fucking just heartbreaking. So. It was brutal. I think at some point we should probably expand that to like 25 or something. Uh -huh. um, but yes, uh, the songs list was the hardest one for this uh, overall. I, not that hard for me, though. I will say like the I, my 10 songs for this year, I pretty much knew. And then there's five honorable mentions, but that was pretty clear. And then they fit into my overall list pretty well, which I rearranged a little bit. It was last year doing the top 20 that fucking broke me, but like I had that foundation, so it was a little easier for me this year. But yeah, the, the Mobile Suits one was just fun. I, I literally opened a browser window, and I went through a list on Gundam Wiki of all the, yep. the Gundams we had, and I opened tabs on all the ones I knew I liked, and then I just started moving the tabs around. Um, and I even I took some screenshots of them for myself so I can look at them while we're talking and, and I can have the visuals in front of me. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with the the mobile suits list. Um, that's that's never a, a not fun topic to do. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I did my list literally the exact same way, and I still have I have had this like um, separate web page open for a couple of weeks at this point of, that is just a page that has like thirty tabs open. Um, ten of them are the ones I have whittled down for my mobile suits, um, because yeah, it's it, especially for mobile suits, you need to take a look at them. Um, you have to have that image in front of you while you're weighing um, what gets cut and what sticks around. Um, so yeah, do you want to start off with your list with your number ten mobile suit again? From this is only stuff from uh, we've covered in our second year of the show. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to where G Savior pops up in yours. <laughs> my number ten 
was the RB79K Ball Type K from the 8th MS Team. Mm. This is the ball that you get in Episode 1 of 8th MS Team in low-key one of the best action sequences in the franchise, where Shiro uh, pilots the ball and saves the day, and it is cool and badass. And I did not have the ball on my list last year, or as an honorable mention, but the ball... It's like easy to... I think you said this on the one-year anniversary show. The ball, as a mobile suit, is easy to overlook because it is a dumb little circle with hands. But, you know, it is an omnipresent thing in Gundam. It is great. And the ball-type K that Shiro pilots is the best ball in the series. It is the one that that truly saves the day. And uh, I, I felt like it deserved a spot on the top ten for this year's mobile suits because it is part of one of the most memorable scenes. And it's not a super different ball. It's orange. It looks cool. But uh, I thought it. I thought it deserved a spot. That ball type K more than carries its weight. Very nice. The the ball does not appear on on my list anywhere. But I appreciate that. That does remind me that I should address this now before people um, get to the end of my list and be like, "How the fuck is this not on here?" Um, I I did not personally consider the goof custom from 08 the mess team for my list this year, mostly because I put the goof as my number one last year. Because the Goof custom is slightly different, but only slightly different from the Goof. It's mostly a different paint job and some different weapons. So when I made my list last year, I just kind of considered that as part of the general Goof family. And and I felt like that would make it weird to put that... Um, it would obviously be my number one if I considered it. But then it's like, well, I already did that last year. It would just take up slot for something new from this year. So so I personally um, I'm just kind of like said, that's a last year one and it will continue to be my number one when we get to my updated mobile suit list because the Goof Custom is fucking sick of shit. Well, um, I did not have that policy, so you can all guess what my number one is. Yes. I mean, I remember we specifically uh, had that conversation last year where you did not have the Goof as high because you didn't consider the Goof Custom with how you yes. did your list. Um, yeah, so I guess I just wanted to put that out there. We hadn't reviewed 8th MS team yet. I was the one playing yes. by the rules. Fuck you. I'm I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, um, the goof would be my number one mobile suit regardless, which is I know, what I, know. I said I'm then also. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what's your number 10? My number 10 is the SVMS-01E, Graham's Union Flag Custom from 00 Gundam. Um, so the flag is to me one of the like few memorable grunt type mobile suits outside of the original um, sort of like Tomino cycle when you had a lot of really good just like random enemy mobile suits and then the quality of the like random enemy mobile suits goes down in the Gundam franchise I think pretty dramatically past that point so much so that like you basically then get to Gundam Seed where they're like let's just basically do Zaku's again and then they go let's just literally do Zaku's again um because it's hard to make just here's a random grunt type mobile suit um to have the heroes fight and the flag when you get to a double O Gundam I think takes that spot really handily um i specifically picked grams uh because it's black and it's cool and because gram is cool um but there's something so unique to me about the very kind of tall spindly design it's got echoes of almost like turn a gundam mobile suit designs in there um and it's yeah it's just this very memorable i think a compelling random mobile suit that feels so double o gundam um it's a little sleeker than a lot of the other kind of grunt suits from season one of double o gundam and it's that kind of point where you can see them getting towards the kind of mobile suit technology that the gundams in that show have but the normal countries are not there yet so they're at this kind of midpoint where it looks almost like a jet fighter um almost like a mobile suit 
And then it's also just, it's used so effectively within the show, which obviously like helps all mobile suits a lot, um, is if you have a cool character piloting it, you get some really good scenes. Um, you get all the cool tall geese type stuff with the Union flag custom, where it's like moving so fast that it's killing the person inside of it, um, which is just always a cool thing for a mobile suit to do. So that is my number 10. Mad props to you, Mr. Graham Aker, Mr. Bushido himself, and your awesome, awesome mobile suit. I am glad this is on your list. It did not quite make mine. It was in contention, and ultimately there was another mobile suit that Graham Aker pilots that I decided to put on, and so this one kind of fell off. But I do love the flag. I particularly love the variant he pilots in the final episode of season one. Mm -hmm. It's fucking great. Um, I agree with everything you said. Great mobile suit. No doubt about it. Very good. What's your number nine, Jonathan? My number nine, and I have a couple on here that are sort of slashes where it's like technically two mobile suits, but they're so closely united it's not cheating, I don't think. And this is one of those. This is the MBF-02 Strike Rouge from Gundam Seed, and it's updated variant, the Eru Strike Rouge from uh, Gundam Seed Destiny, which you almost never see in the show. But if Mm -hmm. you look at like pictures and Gunpla, I think is a slightly improved version. It's got sort of the the backpack sort of thing on the back, like a lot of mobile suits have, that's red. And I think how it it complements the colors is very nice. But it's the same basic suit across either of those. This is Kagali's mobile suit in Gundam Seed. I think it's a very nice surprise when you get to that part in Gundam Seed and you realize Kagali is going to get her own mobile suit. It fills out that trio with the uh, with with Othrin and uh, Kira's mobile suits. And it is cool. It is a pink Gundam. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of stupid on its face. It, it feels like this is like the... It's Gundam, but for her. Uh, like you would get in a toy store or something. And it kind of looks like that, but I love it. It is like a light... It is a very good pink. It's actually fairly close to how Shara's mobile suit is colored in the original uh-huh. Gundam, if you look at it. Um, but I really like it. It's pink with like this big red chest... Obviously, I think that with the yellow V on the top is like just a very nice color match. The design of the Gundam itself is not that different um, versus like the Freedom or something, but it's very nice. It's pink. It's cool. Kagali got her own mobile suit. I was very happy about that, um, and I think its updated version in Seed Destiny is even better, um, which is actually a theme on my list. Most of the suits from Seed I'm going to have on here are from Destiny, because yeah. while that show is worse, its mobile suit designs are better. Um, so yeah, but uh, the Strike Rouge. Uh, um, uh, classic, simple, but very good. Awesome, yeah. The Strike Rouge does not appear on mine. There's no specific Strike. Um, I guess well, I don't know how you count one of the ones, but like, there's basically no Strike Gundam um, or the couple of different variants they have on on my list. But it was the Strike. If I was to have one, it would have been the Strike Rouge, and that was um, one of my cuts near the bottom. I I like Gundams. Almost everything on my list is a Gundam in one way or another. Because and that's to be fair, we had like Seed and Double O this year, which like most of the new mobile suits are Gundams. Million Gundams, yes, yeah. yeah. So there you go. But the first one on the list, Strike Rouge. What's your number nine? Well, my number nine is also a Gundam, and it is from Seed Destiny. Um, It is the ZGMF-X42S, the Destiny Gundam, the titular Gundam of Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, this would probably, if it was purely based on just the design, it would probably be a little bit higher than here. But it's one of those things of where a mobile suit is judged for me both by how cool it is and then also it needs to be, what's the eye candy you have from the show? And the Destiny Gundam, like, barely appears within the show itself. If it had a proper, like, full appearance like you would expect um, from the titular Gundam of a show, I think it would probably end up higher because I think the design of this thing is sick. 
Um, I, you know, it's, if you looked at my, remember my list from last year, have been listening to this podcast, you probably know that I really like Gundams that have wings on them. It's just, I think, a really good design that kind of fills out um, the, the classic Gundam design profile. And specifically, if you want, like, a exaggerated, more heroic-style Gundam look, um, I want something that has cool wings on it. And the Destiny Gundam fulfills that in this really powerful way when it has the wings on the back open up and then it shoots out this big kind of pink energy um, that makes up its wings in a way kind of like the V2 Gundam from Victory Gundam. Um, and other than that, it, it is just this kind of very sleek, strong Gundam design. I think the balance of colors is really good. It's got an overall Zeta type color palette where it is very kind of muted, um, even though it's mostly black, um, red, and blue. The reds and blues are very kind of muted, slightly darker tone palette. And the white is more of this kind of ashy gray white than a bright white um, in a way that kind of is a similar color palette to what the Mark II has with a slightly brighter blue. Um, and I think that it's just a really good overall kind of um, very yeah, sleek color palette for this Gundam. Uh, I also really like uh, the sword knife things that it has on its shoulder pads that he, uh, Sheen can take out and throw as these like weird throwing knives that also make his shoulder pads stick out in this very kind of winged type fashion as well. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a super solid Gundam design that had it been used better in the show, it probably would even be higher because I like my winged Gundams, but you just don't get quite enough eye candy in the show, I think, to fully appreciate how good that design was. Um, but it is definitely a Gundam that I have in the back of my head as a Gunpla I'd like to build because it's, uh, it's a very nice looking fucking Gundam. I agree. I will say this one was never in serious contention for me because when I was just looking through photos and stuff... I have no association with it. I don't remember mm -hmm. it on the show. I tried to find screen caps of it on the show. It was very hard. Um, it's. I agree it's a good design, but like it's overshadowed by some other ones for me and just uh, didn't quite make it. I see what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I, it, one of the many problems with, with Seed Destiny there is uh, the Seed Destiny not used that well. Yeah. All right. My number eight is the GN002 Gundam Dynamis. Uh, which is um, Lock-On Stratus' Gundam from Season 1 of Gundam 00. I was trying to choose between this and the one that other Lock-On Stratus has in Season 2. They're both very good. I think I like the Dynamis a little more because of its balance of green and white in its design. It's a little more slim and mobile. Um, but either way, the, the idea of the sniper mobile suit is something we've seen several times and it's always cool but this is like the definitive version of it mm -hmm. it's so good the moment in season one you know the big fuck off moment when he just shoots through the stratosphere to break up that space station um that setsuna fsa is trying to save uh it's very good the gundam dynamis always great uh and when you have lock on behind the wheel with uh, his fucking haro in there it's it's great i love the dynamis it's uh one of the best gundams yeah, the Dynamis did not quite uh, make my cut. That was, like, I think a hard part of my list was figuring out what to bring over from Double O Gundam because there are so many really strong designs and they iterate on those designs at least three times because you get the Season 1, Season 2, and then the movie versions of the suits. Um, but, yeah, that's a strong pick. I think I would probably go... I might actually go with the movie version because I like the shield bits so much and they're more prominent that's really in good, the movie yeah. version also. But. Yes, uh, any any of the three cyber mobile suits from Double O Gundam is a very strong choice. Yeah, and you know it's impossible to separate this from its use in the show, right? Uh -huh. And uh, yeah. if it's associated with Mister Lock on Stratos, it gets a boost in my eyes. Very good. 
My number eight is also from Double O Gundam, the GN-005 Gundam Virtue, which I have also combined with the secret Gundam it has inside of it because it feels like since it's a Gundam inside the Gundam, it's part of that ranking two for me, which is the GN-004 Gundam Nautile. Um, I had a hard time picking between this and his Season 2 suit because the Season 2 suit has a giant Gundam face on the back that turns into another Gundam, the Seraphim Gundam, That's which is good. also a very good idea. But I couldn't possibly justify having both of them on the list. And at the end of the day, to me, the, the scene in Season 1 where the Nautile is unleashed has just so much strong visual impact. And the Nautile itself is such a striking, unique um, mobile suit design that, for me, the virtue Nautile combo... Um, comes out on top um, as far as Tyria's uh, mobile suits are concerned. I, I've always liked the Virtues uh, and all of his mobile suits like big, chunky appearance, and they have these big cannons. Um, and so it's got that this is kind of like meaty, heavy quality to it um, that is very similar to another mobile suit from a different show that'll come up soon on my list. Um, but I, I like your kind of like the stocky um, brawler type Gundams uh, a lot, but then having it then split apart and come apart to reveal the Nautile inside, which is this very stripped down, very reduced um, pure white Gundam that then has the red cables that look like hair. Um, it is that one of the places where Double O Gundam early on, while it is still in its very grounded phase, hints at the more exaggerated um, aesthetic style and sort of our, uh, narrative style that is going to move towards in the future. Um, and that sequence where all the armor comes out and Natalie is revealed underneath, I think is like a, a top 10 moment from the shows we've watched in season two. If we had done like a top 10 moments type list, that is definitely really high up there. And a lot of it is because these Gundams look so sick. You are correct. It is great. I won't say more because it's higher on my list. I was also considering Tyria's Season 2 suit. I also felt I could not justify doing both of them on one list, but his Season 2 suit, especially because it's got fucking another Gundam head on the back, uh, is fantastic. Yes, it is. My number seven is the ZGMF X20A Strike Freedom Gundam from Gundam Seed Destiny. I really like this one. It is Kira's suit from Gundam Seed Destiny, his upgraded one. Um, I really love the balance of black within this suit, where you have the traditional Gundam colors. It's white, it's red, it's blue. But the chest piece and then parts of the wings are black. And the way that combines specifically with the red tones they do, I think is one of the coolest combinations of Gundam colors. It's kind of like if you put the original Gundam and the Mark II together and then added, like, double zeta wings and stuff like that onto it mm -hmm. it's really really good i love the giant wing pack on the back um in general i'm not that hot on the gundam seed gundams all that much like they're not they're not bad by any means they're just not the most creative gundams the way i think some of the double o ones are but this one really stands out i think it's one of the best of just the the kind of traditional hero gundams even if it is piloted in that show by someone i find completely and utterly insufferable who is definitely committing war crimes um, the the Strike Freedom Gundam, I won't hold that against it. This is one I would love to build a Gunpla of. Yes, I, I won't talk too much about it yet because it might appear somewhere else on, on my list, but it is a very good, uh, it's a very good Gundam. All right, your number seven. My number seven is the RX-78 GPO-1-FB Gundam, the Zephyranthes full burnier version. This is Ko's uh, Gundam from 0083 Stardust Memory, specifically the one that uh, gets modified so he can use it in space because that's where 
I think the Zephyranthes gets like it's full. It feels like it's designed to have these big two chunky pods. Again, I'm yes. I'm I just love my wing looking kind of Gundam stuff. This these aren't like super wingy, but you have these two big pods sticking out the back um, on his shoulders. And this is just a really I think solid kind of traditional style Gundam design um, that I think is also helped a lot by the fact that it's from an OVA. So it just gets you've got a lot of very luscious eye candy. Um, both for this version and then the original version before it goes to space. Um, it, it is a really, um, I think, striking design. I love the shoulder pads that extend out a lot more um, and a lot sleeker. Um, it's a sort of a slightly thinner Gundam that is then, you know, juxtaposed with um, another Gundam for that show that might be on my list somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's like a huge amount to say about this other than it's just a really strong Gundam design. I like that you can see um, a lot of the uh, sort of you can see them building towards a Zeta-esque design, particularly the legs of it are particularly Zeta-esque, like specifically the Zeta Gundam. Um, and so I think there was a lot of thought in designing it, thinking about where the show is set within the Universal Century and where the um, sort of trends in mobile suit design are heading. And I think that this is one of those, as a lot of the OVAs have, this interesting sort of glimpse at some kind of middle point or other um, evolutionary stage of the Gundam that you don't see uh, in the traditional shows where there are much bigger time jumps. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, you know, Stardust Memory, I have sort of very mixed feelings on overall as a show, but one thing that show has incredibly well is it does its mobile suits, uh, the designs are great, and then they are used beautifully in that OVA. So uh, hats off to you, the Zephyranthes. Yes, absolutely. It's a good one. It's not on mine. Nothing from 0083 is on my mobile suit list. Um, I did consider Annabelle Gatto's Gundam. I really like that one. Um, ultimately, didn't break through for me, but everything you said, I agree with. It's a good one. Very good. My number seven, uh, or my number six, uh, continuing on a theme, is the ZGMF X09A, the Justice Gundam from Gundam Seed, um, which is uh, uh, Othrin Zala's uh, big upgraded. You know, cool Gundam. I love all of Othrin's mobile suits because they are red and red is cool. Um, this is this is something established in episode one of Gundam. Red uh -huh. mobile suits are cool. Othrin's, I think, is is they're always great. I love that his are a little more angular than your typical Gundams in a lot of their design. I love the black chest piece. I love all the red around it. This one, of course, has the big wing, like um, almost jet pack on the back, which has like strips of white. Uh, it's very good. I could have picked really any of Othrin's. This is the one that ultimately like spoke to me the most, and I would love to have a gunpla of. Um, you know, it's got the beam sabers on the back. It's it's a very very good one. All of his mobile suits are great. Um, again, because they are red. I specifically love the kind of shade of crimson they do on Seed. Seed's animation is fairly limited, as we've talked about, but I think it does very good color work. And this this is one place where it does that. Yeah, none of Austin's uh, Gundams quite made the cut for me, but part of that is the one thing I always think about is like, well, I know what's going to be on Jonathan's list because I know that Jonathan likes the red mobile suits. So, so <laughs> it's true. like I don't feel the pressure to be like, well, I have to find a spot for an Austin mobile suit because they are cool Gundams. Um, I particularly do want to shout out for Austin's Gundams is that he gets the fucking Darth Maul beam sabers uh, because it was like 2002 when that show came out. Yes. And they're like, we got to get Darth Maul beam sabers. And that is also very cool. Excellent. What's your number six? All right. My number six, carrying on a theme from my list, is the RX-78 GPO-2A, 
the Gundam Vesalis, which is uh, Gato's mobile suit that he steals at the beginning of 0083 Stardust Memory. This is uh, kind of like Tyria's mobile suit from 00 Gundam. This is your chonky boy. This is the big <laughs> Gundam. This Gundam's going to fuck your day up. Uh, and it is so good because it is the Gundam that is designed specifically to launch fucking nuclear weapons. And they just said, hey, let's make the like gnarliest looking Gundam. Um, so it's got these big legs, like these huge legs that I think are designed to like hook into and sink into the ground so that it can launch the nuke uh, with enough force without blasting the Gundam away. Um, and then it has, I think its most distinctive features are its two massive um, shoulder pads with like rockets on the side in order to lift up the huge heft of this massive Gundam. Um, it's got a very interesting head design that is very different from um, a traditional Gundam head, which is one of the things that is usually most unchanged. It has like a huge V um, and then this like kind of almost crown type look on top of it um, because Gato is the king. So he gets the mobile suit that has a fucking crown on it. Um, it's just, it's just, it's such a strong, I think, Gundam design because you see so much of the Gundam fundamentals um, while still having one of the more eccentric overall Gundam designs. And I think it finds that balance in a way that a lot of other shows, like a lot of ones we saw in season two, um, like Double O Gundam and Gundam Seed, go for a lot of more eccentric Gundam designs. And a lot of them are really good. But I think the balance here for something that looks Gundam and yet is not Gundam is among my favorite of all the mobile suits in the entire franchise. So I think the Gundam Vesalis is just a really, really strong mobile suit design that, again, I think is bolstered a lot also by particularly those first couple of episodes there's just some incredibly beautiful animation involving this Gundam um, and like going through the fog and all that kind of stuff um, it's just good good shit piloted by a good good man who did, got done very dirty um, the Gundam Fasalis is very cool yeah I'm taking another look at it here and I kind of wish it was on mine I understand why I left it off in, in part because a, there's another mobile suit coming up that kind of filled the chonky boy for me mm -hmm. but I think what sets the Fasalis apart is that fucking shield it has is so good it's so big the, the scene and it's one of my favorites in 0083 where he fires the nuke um, down at into the like the yes. uh, the fleet um, is such a good scene and the animation on that it is Ah, now I'm kind of regretting I, I didn't put it on there. Maybe maybe I would replace like the Strike Rouge with that if I were thinking about this again. I, I don't think it would make it into my overall top ten um, that we're going to talk about later. But for this list, I, I might have included it. It's it's very good. There's you know something's going to fall through the cracks. There's a lot of these. <laughs> yes, yes. But I do not regret having my number five on here. My number five is another kind of combination. It is the uh, TMFA802 BooQ and TMFA803 Lagao from Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny, also known as the Gundam Dogs, because these are the ones mm -hmm. that you've got. Uh, oh, what's the name of the character? Um, Andrew Waltfeld. Um, yes. We when we meet him, he's piloting. Uh, his is blue in season one or in in Seed, and then in season two, you get another one that is orange. They are utter otherwise pretty much identical. It's just the 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 um the the color job is a little different, but they are basically your Gundam Desert Dogs. They look like Pokemon or Digimon. They really look like Digimon, I would say. Um, and they yes. are very cool. I love them. I would like a Gundam dog. I like dogs. They made a dog into a Gundam. It's great. Um, it's it's awesome. I love it. I do, this is like a very animal brain one for me where uh -huh. I don't know if I have that much to say about it other than... I mean, it's also involved in some really good episodes of Gundam Seed um, mm -hmm. in the middle there. And, and I like the, the initial Andrew Waltfeld arc. And I love seeing this one in the desert. And that's some of the better mobile suit action the original Seed does is Kira having to deal with like... 
um, piling the mobile suit in the sand, and then you've got this one that is built for the sand. I always like Gundams or uh, mobile suits that are built for like um, an actual purpose like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a cool one, and uh, I think I prefer the original because it's blue, and I really like that shade of blue, but the orange one is pretty fucking cool, too. The orange one is where you really start looking like a Pokemon or a Digimon. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the dog ones. They they definitely didn't make my list. I think part of my problem with them is I just cannot look at them and not see Metal Gururumon from Digimon. Yes. Like, it's just, <laughs> and part of that is, like, I watched so much Digimon as a kid, and Metal Gururumon and War Greymon were, like, the two coolest Digimon. Um, so I've spent a lot of my life as a young child looking at Metal Gururumon and being like, that's really cool. And then when it's a Gundam, like, it's that Uncanny Valley thing of, like, it looks like Metal Gururumon, but it's not quite... And it bugs me. Um, I think you're explaining the exact reason why it's on my list. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because you came to Metal Gururumon as an adult, so I don't think you have, like, the, like... No. That's my lizard brain thing says, like, there's something wrong here because it's not quite Metal Gururumon. For you, it's like, it looks like Metal Gururumon, and Metal Gururumon is sick as hell. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, very good. All right, what's your number five? All right, my number five is... I don't think I realized that I had made this whole train of Stardust Memory Mobile Suits, uh, but I they did it up like that in my ranking, is my number five is the AGX-04 Gerbera Tetra. Um, this is the mobile suit that uh, Seema, the the lady who's way into... or she's, I don't remember if she's into Gato. I remember half... I can never remember what happens in the second half of that show. She's the sick-ass uh, Zaku or uh, Zeon lady in that show. Um, and she pilots the Gerbera Tetra, a mobile suit I've liked for a long time. And uh, it is just a really, really strong Xeon style mobile suit design. It is, for you, Jonathan, it is red. Um, it's a very nice shade of red. Uh, <laughs> it's got the whole mono eye design. Um, it has almost elements of a like kind of victory Gundam suit where it is almost insectoid in ways, but less like exaggerated um, like the victory Gundam suits did. Um, and yeah, like it's just. Um, has this very sleek and kind of like um, what I said about the Gundams for that show. It has this very sleek, nice thought about what is the like midpoint between a Zaku and the kind of mobile suits that we see, not really like Neo Zeon use, but that we see on um, the Titans kind of develop that are in the the um, Zeon style, like the Hyzak and stuff like that. Um, and it's, again, this is one where you just have some scenes with animation in the last couple of episodes of that show. Uh, with the Gerbera Tetra that are so gorgeous. Um, and it's a mobile suit I've always wanted to have a gun plot of because I think it's a, um, I just think it's a really, really, really strong Xeon style mobile suit design. Man, I'm looking at the gun plot right now, and I have to say, if it were that shade of red in the show, it would maybe be on my list. It's it's a slightly lighter red in the show, and it's it's, I do like this suit a lot. It's very good. I think my tastes tend to trend away from the, the sort of insectoid ones, I like them, but I don't love them the way you do. Like the Kubali has not been as favorite for me as it is for you, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very good one. Um, it's it's obviously exquisitely animated on the show. Um, and yeah, good God, the gunpla of this is fucking sick. Wow. Yes. Uh, I yeah. kind of want that one too now. <laughs> All right. So that was your number five. Yes. So my number four... Uh, is the... Oh, I lost my list for a second there. There it is. It's the GNX U02X Masurao. And we'll also just throw in the GNX Y901TW Susanoo in there as well because they're uh-huh. basically a, a slight palette swap. I do prefer the Masurao because, you guessed it, the highlights are red. Um, yes. But this is, this is the Gundam that looks like samurai armor because Mr. Bushido pilots it. And assumedly, somewhere between seasons one and two of Gundam Double O, he went to an engineer, 
and took out a book of like ancient Japanese wall scrolls and said, here, make me this. And they had to do that. And if they do ever make a Gundam 00 movie, that's what I want it to be about is Graham Aker demanding a fucking samurai armor Gundam because it is so freaking cool. Uh, it's got those big like sort of horn things on the helmet. I love the sort of red pieces all around it. Uh, it's very thin and angular. It is clearly evolved from the flag overall design mm -hmm. type. And then its final form, which is in his final fight with Setsuna, um, you have sort of those highlights turn white and it is still very striking. I, I do prefer the red. You know me. Um, but they are both very good. It is silly as fuck, and I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so I think we kind of went opposite directions where I was split on Graham's mobile suits and ultimately just went down with the, the classic flag design. You went down with the samurai design. And it was kind of because the flag is on my list. I was like, if, I can't really justify having both of them because they're designed so similarly because it is basically the Maserao is just a samurai flag, um, which is very cool. But yeah. yes. Yeah, it is a samurai flag. That's why it's on yes. my list. <laughs> yes, I'm glad that we can have both sides of it represented on 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 the show with our two lists. Absolutely. All right, so All right your number four. number four. My number four is the GN-00000-00 Gundam, plus when it is combined with, which it almost always is in the show, the GNR-010-00 Riser. So this is the, the full package of the 00 Gundam featured in season two of 00 Gundam. Um, that has the big wing-like thing uh, that is huge shoulder pads with like uh, guns and swords on it that uh, docks with the 00 Gundam that Saji pilots. Um, and this is just, you could not ask for a better looking fucking Gundam to like be the, the, the lead Gundam of 00. Um, it has a lot of the kind of Exia Gundam uh, sort of design hallmarks in the design. It's very heavy on the blue and I really love the shade of blue. You know, this is where once you're at Double Gundam, they've like sort of um, solved a lot of the digital animation problems. So you get a lot of just really great um, animation with this thing in that last half of season two of Double O Gundam. Um, I love the way that it is able to fight in the show. And I think the, the way the Double O Riser pack on the back that gives it that mobility and it has all these options with being able to make giant fucking beam sabers or shooting in like weird directions using that pack is uh, really cool. This is also the mobile suit that Setsnit uh, 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 is piloting when he is able to quantize. And so this is the mobile suit that is able to sort of like break down into um, quantum pieces and then teleport through other mobile suits, which those scenes are so awesome. And it's like the concept of the mobile suit I also love so much in that show, where it's basically this thing of where you have the GN drives, which are your really powerful, like almost near magically powerful uh like sort of reactors that fuel these uh, mobile suits, the Gundams. And this is the Gundam that's so powerful, it needs two fucking GN drives for it to work. So you stick two of those fucking things on its shoulders. Um, and uh, yeah, like I just think this mobile suit, it looks so good, is used so exquisitely in the show. The way it looks with all the particle work they kind of do um, with the GN particles when it's emitting all that stuff. Uh, just a, just a, think a classically great lead mobile suit design for a show. I agree, it is great, but in my heart of hearts, I prefer my number three, which is the GN001 Gundam Exia. I think the Exia is one of my absolute favorite Gundam designs. I love how 
thin and sort of small and compact, but then fast and mobile it is, how much it kind of reflects sets in his own body. I love what he is able to do with that thing with like the knives and the stuff he has with that. Um, the Exia in motion in animation is one of my favorite Gundams. And in fact, when we get to my top 10 of all the mobile suits, it I basically just straight up swapped it with the F-91. Um, I, I prefer it to that. Um, but the reason it rises to my number three is because of the variant, the GN001RE Gundam Exia Repair, where it is missing an arm and just has a cape and is fucked up in gnarly and kind of looks like a crossbone Gundam. Um, it is in one half of one episode, but it puts the Gundam Exia over the top for me into the number three spot. God, I love this thing. It's very interesting, Jonathan, because my number three is the GN-001RE, the Gundam Exia Repair. <laughs> there you um, go. Specifically, I'm, I love the Gundam Exia. I think I like the double O Gundam, double O Riser combo more than the classic Exia. Um, although the Gundam Exia is like, if the double, if these two weren't there, if I didn't have specifically the Exia Repair and I didn't have the double O Gundam, like the Exia would be in my top 10, but the double O kind of takes its traditional spot. Um, and then when I was looking at it, I was like, well, is there just like is there just a thing for that fucked up Exia that is in one half of an episode? <laughs> and I looked it up, and it's like turns out there's that yep there is it has a specific name and everything. So it is for me. I was like, well, once I saw that, it's an official, distinct, separate mobile suit, the GN Zero Zero One Ari Gundam Exia Repair. Um, and oh my god, while it is in only one half of an episode, it just it. It just makes such a strong impression. It has a fucking red Terminator eye, which is super cool. Its sword is cut in half because it's been used for like five years um, in combat with Setsu without getting repaired. So all of his weaponry is fucked up. Like some of the plating on one of his legs is gone. But like the piece de resistance is the missing arm that is replaced with a flowing cloak basically over where the arm would go. Um, it is just... It is so cool. It is like the definition of a cool-looking mobile suit is what the XD Repair is. Um, and, yeah, so that is why it is my number three and also your number three because it's really fucking good. It's it's great. And I, I think it's kosher for me to kind of combine the Exias here. Yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, yes, I on my list, I actually do have it written out as the Repair because, gun to my head, that's actually not that very hard. The Repair is even better. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so, let's see. My number two, then is the GN-005 Gundam Virtue and its counterpart, the GN-004 Gundam Nodle. You already talked about it. The Virtue on its own, even before you get to the Nodle, would have been pretty high on this top 10 because it is a big, chonky boy with giant legs and those big black shoulder pads that you can't call them shoulder pads. They're giant, like, rocket packs. And I think it is very cool. Um, it's such a cool counterpoint to Tieria as a character, I think, early on because he is small and quiet and reserved and then he has this just giant tank of a mobile suit but then you do get that episode where it turns into the slim, all-white Nodley with red hair cables that look like dreadlocks, kind of. Um, mm -hmm. And it is the coolest thing in the world. This was an easy number two for me. This was, uh, when I went to do this list, Sean, I wrote number one, and y'all know what my number one is. And then I wrote number two, and I said, yep, it's this. And then I went and looked for everything else. This was very obvious to me. I love this one so much, both sides of it. It is perfect. It is wonderful. It is amazing. Uh, and Tieria is a great character too so you know you got that added benefit of him being in the mobile suit love it very good 
Well, then moving on to my number two, this is a mobile suit I've loved for a very long time, is the MS-18E Kempfer, um, a mobile suit that the, Zoc or the Xeon Forces pilot in Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 wore in the pocket. Um, the Kempfer is so fucking cool. Um, it is, it's very similar um, in some design elements to the Gerber Tetra. It's very much that like you're kind of building towards the sleeker, more rounded design of the Xeon style mobile suits or the current mobile suits in Zeta. Um, but this is, um, if you took all of those um, together, the Kempfer is to me like the best of that design philosophy you have um, in Universal Century that you see in a lot of the, the, the Grunt mobile suits in Zeta and Double Zeta. Um, it is mostly blue with uh, yellow highlights um, that gives it almost a Gundam-esque appearance in places. It also has a very similar thing that the Gundam Mark II has and the new Gundam also has, where it has these big leg vents on the side um, that are also highlighted with uh, yellow highlights that I think really breaks up the color palette in a way that is incredibly striking. Um, this is also a one that is benefited a lot by being from an OVA where you get some just gorgeous animation at the beginning and middle of uh, War in the Pocket with this thing. Uh, it is also the mobile suit that has a giant, giant unicorn horn, um, like, uh, you know, probably inspired in fiction by Shar uh, Zaku 2 that he puts that fucking weird horn on the top of it. Um, and so this is a huge one. And then this mobile suit is rounded out by being the mobile suit that also is standardly equipped with two fucking shotguns. So it just zooms around super fast and gets up close and shoots you with these shotguns because it's like a close quarters style design special operations Xeon style mobile suit. Um, this suit mobile suit is also near and dear to my heart because for like the first half of Gundam Breaker 3 when I played that game a lot, um, five or six years ago, this was one of the ones where I, I made a kind of custom version of the Kempfer in that um, and used it for a long time and just like loved this overall design. And I think it's, it is among the best of the kind of um, Xeon style mobile suits I think there is. I just think it's got um, such a strong combination of those little almost Gundam-esque elements to make it feel sort of special while having the kind of grunt groundedness um, and sort of hard military feel that you'd expect from a Xeon-style mobile suit. The Kempfer is fucking cool. I am ashamed to say yeah. I forgot about this one. You're a I, bad boy. I'm very bad. This is bad. I kind of overlooked 0080 because while I love it as a show, I kind of forgot that it has a significant original mobile suit because the kind of the main ones you have are not that notable, right? Um, they're kind yeah, of ones we've seen. Yeah, you have the Alex seen. Gundam, and then you have, yeah, like Bernie's Zaku, which is a, a Zaku. Right. So I kind of overlooked this one. I love this one. I agree with everything you said. I'm slightly revising my top ten, and <laughs> I'll share that with you in a minute. Uh, everyone, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, for now, let me share my number uh, one, uh, which is uh, obviously the MS07B3 Goof Custom from 8MS uh -huh. Team. It's the best mobile suit ever in the best mobile suit action sequence ever made, which is in that episode of 8MS Team. Um, specifically, what the reason I, I I know it is very minor the difference between the Goof in Gundam and the Goof Custom in 8MS Team. I think it is down to the specific animation style in 8MS Team and the shade of blue they give it just being just ever so slightly different is what unlocks it for me. And the Goof already was like my number two last year. The Goof Custom replaces it and then moves it to number one. Um, we we t I feel like we spent a good half hour on this in the 8th MS team uh -huh. episode just talking about this mobile suit, so I don't need to harp on about it, but it is um, legendarily fucking great, and I love it to death. 
all the weapons yeah. it has, especially, just add so much to it. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah, the goof is already like a perfect design, and and yeah, really, what the goof custom is is it's um, a slightly different color palette that. I honestly feel like the color palette is more just informed by like the the jump and animation quality and what they can yeah. like accomplish more than like a very specific design change. But it is a better because it's differentiated where you have the lighter blue on the head and the limbs and the darker blue of the traditional goof design in the body. But then it also has um, I think the thing that really pushes it over the edge is the giant shield that has a fucking Gatling gun attached to it and the grappling hook. Like yes. those two combinations then. That's the thing that makes it not just a goof, but the goof custom that's like a special forces badass goof. Um, yeah, it's it's the best mobile suit. It's it's the best mecha in anything. It's the fucking goof. Get fucked. <laughs> so good. So it's the goof. Get fucked. That's what it says on the box for the gunpla, yes. right? You have uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. This was that was the, I think the second gunpla I made. The first one was was my original Gundam, which I was like. Well, the first gun, the first comply you make feels to me. It either has to be a Zaku or a Gundam. You have to pick one or the other. Um, you have to make either the Zaku two or the original Gundam. But this, we have to finish off with my number one. Um, getting back to, I think my most traditional love of mobile suit stuff with winged mobile suits. It's the ZGMF X20A, the Strike Freedom Gundam. Oh my God, this thing! Like this is definitely. I need to uh, f- manage to build a space in my new place I'm living in, Texas, to f- be able to uh, do gunplot stuff, so I can finish off my turn A Gundam that I never got to finish because boy, last year was fucking crazy. Um, and then once I finish my turn A Gundam gunplot, this would be probably the next thing I'd move on to because I fucking love the Strike Freedom so much. The Freedom Gundam itself is already a really good design. Um, and all the basic principles of the design are already there. The Strike Freedom is mostly a, a color palette change. Um, and But it's a color palette change for the better uh, because it adds sort of red and gold highlights around um, different areas of the mobile suit and kind of breaks up the coloring a little bit. But it is just, I think, a an all-time great Gundam design. Um, the wing pack on the back is gorgeous and like in motion it's so cool the freedom slash strike freedom like specifically the freedom gundam is the one that is used best within its show i think but that moment in the first show where the freedom gundam comes zooming down and sort of in its first major appearance and the song meteor is playing and he stops the battle he does his fucking panzer dragoon thing where he locks onto everything and it all like a million guns come out of it and it has the two huge rifles that he slings at the sides that i think really complement the gundam's design and destroys all the weapons like some of those sequences with the freedom gundam are so powerful and i think um so effective because of how they've been narratively staged but it's also this gundam is so designed to feel like angelic in its design um it is very much similar in many ways to the wing zero gundam specifically the endless waltz version um that is meant to convey this sort of almost otherworldly power uh and i think within the narrative of gundam seed is one of the things that makes that show totally like click together obviously that's the original freedom design um i think like the strike freedom as an aesthetic point of view is like slightly improved um but it's kind of the full package with um the overall design philosophy of what those suits are meant to communicate and yeah it's just one of the best looking gundams the strike freedom uh i i want to build one absolutely very good stuff all right, should we recap our, our lists here? Yes, so let's recap our Season 2 list. And you will hear my changes. <laughs> okay, yes. My number 10 is now the RX-78GPO-2A Gundam Fisalis. Oh, that's a very good choice. So my number 10 is the SVMS-01E Graham Union's Custom, or Graham's Union Flag Custom. 
My number nine is the MS-18E Camphor from uh, 0080. That's a really good one, too. Uh, my number yeah. nine is a ZGMF-X42S Destiny Gundam. My number eight, and everything's the same from here on out, is the yeah. GN-002 Gundam Dynamis from 00. My number eight is the GN-005 Gundam Virtue with the GN-004 Gundam Nautilus. My number seven is the ZGMF-X20A Strike Freedom Gundam from Seed. I, I like that one, too. Uh, <laughs> my number seven is the RXS-78 GPO-1FB Gundam Zephyranthes Full Burnier version. My number six is the ZGMF-X09A Justice Gundam from Seed. My number six is the RX-78GPO2A Gundam Vassalis. My number five is the TMF-A802 BUQ, or B-U-C-U-E, from Gundam Seed. My Gundam number Dog. five... Yeah, yeah. yeah Metal Guru Mon uh, yeah. is your number five. My number five is the AGX-04 Gerbera Tetra. My number four is the GNX UOX, UO2X Masu Rao from Gundam 00, Mr. Bushido. My number four is the GN-000 00 Gundam with the GN-010 uh, 00 Riser. My number three is the GN-001 RE Gundam Exia Repair. My number three is also the GN-001 RE Gundam Exia Repair. My number two is the GN-005 Gundam Virtue with its counterpart, the GN-004 Gundam Nadale. And my number two is the MS-18E Kempfer. My number one is the MS-07B3 Goof Custom. And my number one is the ZGMF-X20A Strike Freedom Gundam. Fuck yeah. All right, so how does the how do these fit into our existing top ten mobile suits list? Yes, well, they don't in mind. Uh, I like all those mobile suits a lot, but again, this is I think a consequence of me having lived with this stuff for so long that like I already knew what my top ten mobile suits were before we even recorded the podcast, and it turns out they all appeared in shows in our year one. The only adjustment I made to mine, well, we'll go over it again, but the only adjustment I made to mine was to change specifically the goof to the goof custom as my number one. But other than that, I didn't change anything for my top 10 mobile suits because they were my top 10 mobile suits, it turned out. I added three from the list we just said. And really only one of them is entirely new because one of them was switching the goof to the goof custom. So do okay. you want me to share mine? Uh, let me just go over mine really quick, just as a recap for people. Again, this is the same list I did for my the first anniversary, but this is my top ten mobile suits retains as for year two. My number ten was the RX seventy eight two, the original Gundam. My number nine is the Oz double O M S Tall Geese. My number eight was the RX one seventy eight Gundam Mark II. My number seven was the XXXG double O W O Wing Gundam Zero, specifically the Endless Waltz version with the Angel Wings. My number six was the system turn A double ninety or ninety-nine double eight or turn A Gundam. My number five is the MSN-04 Sazabi. My number four was the AMX-004 Kubelay. My number three was the MS-06 Zaku 2. My number two was the RX-93 New Gundam. And my number one is the MS-07B-3 Goof Custom. And those are and continue to be and probably will continue to be uh, my top <laughs> 10 mobile suits uh, in uh, mobiles in the Gundam franchise. So my top 10, I did rearrange them slightly, and then I added in a couple of those. So let me redo these. My number 10 is the MSZ-010 Double Zeta Gundam. 
Um, I love this one. Honestly, in years to come, might rise higher as I think about specifically where I wind up putting the RX seventy eight two because like mm-hmm. it's very hard to balance all the different Gundams. Because in some sense, this might be my favorite straight up like hero Gundam. I have it at ten. Could be higher. Could be lower. I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I do yeah. love it. It transforms. It's great. My number nine was the MSN zero zero one zero zero Hyakushiki. Char's Gold Gundam from Zeta Gundam. Um, I did one of the ones I wound up cutting was the Sazabi. I do love the Sazabi, but if we're gonna have a red Char mobile suit, I already have one on here, uh, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do the Kyakushiki for variety's sake. But number eight, this is one I added was the GN001 Gundam Exia and the the repair version. Obviously, both of those slot in at number eight for me. Number seven remains the YMS-15 Gyan from the original, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Makuve's suit. Number six, uh, I slotted in the uh, GN-005 and 004, the Nadle and the Virtue uh, from Gundam 00. Had to have those on there. Uh, my number five is the System Turn A-99 Turn A Gundam from Turn A Gundam. Yep. Um, gotta love that one. Number four, I went with the RX-93V uh, V Gundam, or however you call that, New Gundam um, from Shars Counterattack. Uh, and number three, I put the RX-78-2 Gundam, made that the sort of highest Gundam because it's the original. And I had, I just had a feeling the other day when I was looking through some of my Gundam, the origin manga, like for inspiration and stuff. And I just saw like one of those illustrations of the Gundam in there, like what a versatile design this thing Mm -hmm. has been. And I just sort of, for the moment, I'm going to do the default and put it as the highest Gundam and I'll rethink that in years to come, but that's where it is for me. Uh, number two remains the MS-06S Zaku-2 Commander Type Char Aznabel Custom um, from the original Gundam. It's basically there for the Zaku-2, but then you make it red, and I like it even more. So mm-hmm. that's what it's there for. And number one is the MS-07B3 Goof Custom from 8th MS Team. In its rightful place as King of the Pack, Head of Pride Rock, there it is. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that, that, you know, our number ones, we can all agree that the Goop Custom is the best mobile suit. Yes. Uh, it's fucking great. All right. Yeah. Let's do some songs. All right, Jonathan. Let's talk about the Gundam songs. So, yeah. So we'll start with kind of like what we did with mobile suits. This is going to be a list of all this, um, of our top ten songs from the second year of the show. So everything from... Where the fuck was in G Savior? I don't know. I don't even know if you put that because you you made the list of what all the songs were. I don't even remember if you put a G Savior. No, thing were there songs in G Savior? There must have been something that played over the end credits. Maybe uh, there wasn't. Maybe wasn't shit. lyrical. Um, but <laughs> if there was anything from G Savior, it technically would have been in consideration. Um, all the way up to uh, the MS Igloo Two, um, and I found this incredibly brutal uh this was just heart-wrenching putting together this top 10 um it was just you know there's a lot of good music uh particularly the double o gundam has just like every song in that show was just so good i'm like well fuck every Um, song in that show the four for double o 83 are perfect um seed has several seeds inserts are better than its fucking theme songs mm -hmm. um you got uh, yeah everything this year had great music everything and it was very hard to make some of these cuts um again my 10 came together pretty naturally because i just knew which 10 i liked the most but there were five honorable mentions as well and then slotting them into the overall list was kind of tough too there was one just wrenching cut i had to make yeah yeah most like it's because yeah there were like several that i knew for sure 
like these are going to have to be on the list. And then when I wrote them all down, I realized I had more than 10. So yeah. I was like, well, that <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, because usually, because I usually have the like, okay, I know exactly like these four or five things are definitely going to be on the list. They're going to be like in my top five. And I had a list in my head that I was like, okay, I know exactly these are the songs that in my heart of hearts would absolutely be in a top 10. And then I wrote them all down. And then it's like, well, that's too many of them. So now some of them have to get cut. Um, yes. Yeah, so so obviously that means anything that doesn't make this list, uh, it's still probably really fucking good, uh, because yeah, there's so much good music from um, what we covered, uh, particularly because it moved into this for stuff like Double O Gundam and Seed and Sea Dusty, where you have like eight songs just in those shows over the course of just the opening and ending theme sign counting inserts. Um, or the movie for Double O Gundam. So it's like there's also a pretty significant volume of music, even if we covered kind of less overall, like, material in terms of, like, minutes of Gundam stuff we covered this year. I think there's probably just as many songs, basically. If I think so, because I prepared... So you had the list of songs from last year. I prepared the songs, the list for this year, and we tacked them together. And I think it, like, doubled in length. So yeah. there was a lot... Um, normally for a podcast like this I would play little excerpts of the songs as we talk about them I'm not going to do that because um, YouTube has gotten uh, Where we are into modern Japanese pop music That YouTube uh -huh. like litigates very aggressively So uh, I'm not bothering with that But we will say the titles And you can go listen to them And you should because they're all great Yes, they, they so, are all great Sean, why don't you kick us off this time And we'll reverse the order from last time all right. So, do you want to go through our number ten, or you said you had honorable mentions? You want to do those at the end, or at the we'll moment? do those at the end. You got to okay. keep them guessing. Okay. So, my number ten is man. What my number ten was swapped about a million times, um, and this is like a placeholder for all the songs that <laughs> could be number ten. Really, um, represented by a musical artist I really like a lot, Uver World. It is Hakanaku Motoa no Kanashi. Um, the third opening theme from Double O Gundam opening up season two with this sick fucking song. Um, this is where, like, once we're into stuff like Double O Gundam, we're into a genre of music that um, I really like, which is that uh, J-Rock I have a lot of fondness for, so I listen to it um, quite a bit. I have a big anime playlist that is mostly just kind of J-Rock songs I like. Um, a lot of the... I ended up, because I have this big playlist that started out with oh, I should just take some of the anime themes I like and just make a playlist on Spotify. And then eventually I just started putting songs in there that are just from J-Rock artists I like and have nothing really to do with anime at all. But, I, you know, Uverworld has a bunch of songs on there because they're a great band. Yeah, uh, I love this song. It This one was really close. It's in my five honorable mentions. But for number 10, I ultimately went with its counterpart, ending number three from Double O, which is Prototype by Chiaki Ishikawa, uh, mm -hmm. which I think of as Prototype Boy. I don't know why it's not called Prototype Boy, because that's the lyric. Uh, and what pushes this over the top is the fucking vocals in the opening that play at the end of every episode that are wow. like a chant. But then the song itself is incredible. I think this one, I mean, Double O... Hit after hit after hit. I could have made this top ten with just songs from Double O, and I would yeah. have been fine, except that I would have left off a bunch of great ones. But this one made the cut. Um, God, it's good. The only bad thing about it is that they didn't call it Prototype Boy, which should be the name of the song. Yeah, Prototype did not quite make my list because it's a. Uh, there's like a fierce battle of like how many Double O songs can I really <laughs> justify putting on here? Like yes. I had to kind of set a limit at some point. Um, and and then I've kind of ended up breaking that limit because I eventually just put uh, the Uber World song at number ten. But yes, there you go. Uh, prototype slash I I'm like you. I'm always shocked when I see that the song the title of that song is just Prototype because it's Prototype Boy to me. Also, it's a very good song. 
Yeah, the vocals are so good on that one. Very good. Um, yeah. All right, my number nine, a choice that I think is, uh, like, I don't get the sense that, that people like this song as much as I do, but it is, uh, to me, it's one of my favorite songs. This is my favorite song from this show. Um, it is 10 Years After by Chihiro Yonikura. Uh, it is the ending song to 08th MS Team. Um, uh, the opening theme, Shine of the Storm, uh, it did not quite make my list because it was a kind of like a death fight between that and 10 Years After, which one I liked more. And then 10 Years After is very much like um, on my top 20 list from last year. I had Trust You Forever, the second opening theme from G Gundam on there, um, over the first opening theme. For the same reason of, of sometimes I just really like the B-side more than the A-side. And that's that's what it kind of feels like to me with 10 Years After. There's something I love so much about the really kind of just chill mood and vibe of the song. And this is also one that I have been living, you know, I've been living with these songs in my life for like five or six years at this point since I recently watched the show. And since I originally watched 08th MS Team, I cannot read the words 10 years after without <laughs> in my head hearing 10 years after June and Gono and then like that opening whole ditty playing uh, to the song because it's so catchy and it's so good. And you don't get the words 10 years after that often, but every once in a while I'll be reading a novel or something. It'll say like, 10 years after the June worst thing ever happened to me. And yes, and then the song starts playing in my head. Um, and oftentimes that would annoy me when it's like, oh, the song is kind of like stuck in my head in a weird way forever. But I'm always happy when I hear in my head 10 years after because it's just such a good song to vibe to. Um, and I've always, uh, for whatever reason, I've always liked it um, more than the, the opening theme from that show. So my number nine is 10 years after. I agree. Uh, it's on my honorable mentions. Uh, it's one of the five, again. And I do prefer it to Shine in the Storm as well. Shine really? in the Storm's not on mine. And, and I think Shine in the Storm is great. But I think the thing I love about Shine in the Storm most is like the first 20 seconds. Uh-huh. And then I think the rest of it is a great song, no doubt about it, but doesn't quite rise to that level. Ten years after, I think it's just a great song. Anime, not anime, whatever. And I do think that ending is... I, I think the opening animation for 8th MS Team is one of the best. But the ending animation is one of the best, like, simple anime endings... It's like uh, the animation of that is like up there with Romantiku Agario from like Dragon Ball of like this is a yes. perfect anime ending with Shiro sitting there reading his book, people coming by, great idea for an anime ending. Um, you know, it's so good. Yeah, because I know that Shine in the Storm is like a really popular Gundam song. Yes. Um, but I've always been like, eh, you guys are sleeping on 10 years after because that song fucking rules. Well, this is why we do a podcast together, Sean, because exactly. we have similar taste. Uh -huh. All right, my number nine is Metamorphose from Zeta Gundam, a new translation movie one by Gact. This is the opening song from Zeta Gundam, a new translation, which I think is one of the slickest parts of any of those movies is the opening credits to movie mm -hmm. one, where it like moves through the universe to this song. It is just a banger. I listen to this song a lot, actually, since I... So every, one little ritual I have, Sean, is whenever we, we start a new Gundam, I find the soundtrack online, uh, and then I put it in my iTunes library, and then I take all the vocal songs and put them in a playlist that is currently at nine hours long. <laughs> 
uh-huh, and it's yes. it's all the ones for what I've watched so far, and we've done on on uh, Weekly Suit Gundam. I'm not putting on like the you know Iron Blooded Orphan songs yet because I don't want to spoil myself. Um, and when we got to Zeta Gundam, I I found the soundtrack and I threw those on there, and I really liked it in the movie. And then I just I go to that playlist like every day for something, mm-hmm. and I just started listening to this song over and over. And I think it is a super good song. I really like all of the Gact songs for the new translation. I think they are clearly meant to be sort of in the spirit of the um, Daisuke Inoue songs from Mobile Suit Gundam 2 and 3 in the original trilogy. Uh, and I think Gact has a similar kind of vocal quality to that. And I think this one comes the closest to capturing something like that. Um, it is it is a really great song. And uh, a place where I can can uh, honor the, the Zeta Gundam movies, which are not... For obvious reasons, not on a lot of these lists because we've covered all the Zeta Gundam stuff. But uh, I really like the music, so this is on there. Yeah, none of the the Zeta Gundam movie songs are quite on there. That is my favorite of them, and I think like for me, those songs are just at a disadvantage where I hadn't watched those movies until we had done the podcast. So like all yeah. these other songs are songs I've liked for like five years. Um, so it's like like Gact has to kind of work his way up for me. But I think that is a really good choice. All right, so my number eight. Um, God, I, I really love this song. Uh, Meteor by TM Revolution, which is the insert song that plays um, when Kira gets hit the Freedom Gundam in the original Gundam Seed and comes in and fucks shit up. And it basically becomes like the Freedom Gundam theme song, so much so that Seed Destiny basically just plays it again when he gets the Strike Freedom. <laughs> um, yeah, this song, um, this is like the TM Revolution song that made it onto my list. Um, I kind of had a fight between this I also really like Vestige, which is an insert song from Seed Destiny, and Invoke, which is the original opening theme for, for Gundam Seed, which is the best of the opening themes uh, for Gundam Seed um, and Seed Destiny. But Meteor was the one that I think landed it, I think largely because it does have such a powerful association with me with the show and with the stuff I like most from Seed. And, and the music matches those sequences so perfectly. There's something so like momentous and ominous and kind of bittersweet about it of both it's this kind of apotheosis for Kira but at the same time you know an apotheosis is sad right it's him moving away in many ways from being normal and being human and he is he is embracing violence for the right reasons but it's still him embracing violence I think a lot of those like kind of conflicted emotions come together in that song but that then build to this chorus that feels very triumphant as he's locking on to you know he's doing his panzer dragon thing and fucking everything up um it's yeah it's just a song i've listened to a lot um over the years and it always it is associated so much with the show that whenever i listen to it i feel like i can just see the sequence from the show in my head and like hear the voice actors and all that because it's so well executed and it's such a perfect song for what gundam seed is doing there is a different song from Seed that does that for me, and we'll mm-hmm. get to that higher in my ranking. Um, I will say, I no disagreement about the greatness of Meteor. My favorite TM Revolution song did not make the top ten, but it's in my five honorable mentions, and it was Ignited, the opening to Seed Destiny. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the minority. I'm not a huge fan of Invoke from, from Seed 1. I think it's good. But I think Ignited is great. I love the opening to that and just how big it gets. Um, and I think the whole song is great. I love the vocals. So that one was in my honorable mentions. Did not make my top ten. But TM Revolution, you can't have Gundam Seed without it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was your number seven, right? Uh, that was my number eight. That was your number eight. So my number... Oh, I haven't done my number eight. Okay, sorry. I'm yes. losing track of things. There's so many yeah. songs. I my number first. eight... 
Speaking of Seed Destiny is Life Goes On, ending number two from Gundam Seed Destiny by Mika Arisaka, which is sort of, it's not the same artist, but it's kind of like a spiritual sequel, I feel like, to uh, Although We Were Always Together by Seesaw, which we mm. might talk about in a little bit. And I love this one. I think it's opening riff, which they play at the end of every episode because of how Seed Destiny does that super slick thing where it plays the music into the opening, uh, into the ending credits. Um, is great. I've listened to this song many times. It's uh, That stretch of Seed Destiny is one of the better stretches of Seed Destiny and so I have you know my best memories of that show with it but I also just think this song is phenomenal on its own merits and um, one of the better I think that's the high yeah that's the highest song I have from Seed Destiny so that was my favorite music from Seed Destiny great song love it yeah I, I, I don't think there's yeah there's no Seed Destiny songs that made my list but that would probably be it I like that I like Reason which is the first ending theme also quite a bit um, I think that that's just like a fun tune um, and I like, I mean, I like Vestige, the, the insert song from that, right? Resolution, yeah. Resolution a lot also, but yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. It's like, man, there's a lot of good fucking music and yeah, <laughs> see Destiny just nothing quite broke through, even though a lot of it's very good. Uh, my number seven, the reason why prototype did not make my list is because this song made my list. It is trust you by Yuna Ito, which is the third or sorry, the fourth ending from Double O Gundam, um, kind of closing out season two. Um, this song is just fucking great. Uh, this is much more J-pop, um, and it is... I think one of the things I love about this song is it is very much in the same style of J-pop that uh, Hikaru Utada plays for people who are Kingdom Hearts fans, which I'm not. But people who are, you know Utada's music because she does all like the big iconic songs associated with all the games going back to um uh, simple and clean which was the trailer and like kind of main theme song for the original kingdom hearts and it's a similar kind of j-pop that feels like it's very poppy and yet it has like an epic quality to the music at the same time that uh i really enjoy and i think one thing that particularly pushes trust you over the edge for me is that um double o gundam uses its two ending themes for season two better than any other um, ending theme for any other sh of these shows specifically in that it has multiple different versions that it will play um there's like i think five different versions of prototype and five different versions of trust you that play with like different kind of lead-ins to the main song um and they're all great and it works so well for prototype but specifically with trust you there's a couple of episodes that end with um, this the going straight into the chorus of Trust You without any of the instrumentation. And the chorus of Trust You is just uh, the singer, Yuna Ito, who is a beautiful voice, just belting out the words, I love you, I need you. And that coming at the end of some of those episodes of Double O Gundam, where like Lock on Stratos uh, version two kills the his love interest and stuff like that. And then you get those words come in, like it hits you so hard. And then you get what is my favorite ending animation um, for Double O Gundam, which is the animation accompanied with Trust You. Um, I just think it's like a, a, a kind of like an all-time great Gundam ending sequence, especially with how they use it in the show. But even just on its own, I, I have a lot of love for this song. No disagreement. Uh, it's a great song. Prototype Boy is a little more my speed for season one, but I love them both. But my heart is really with my number seven, which is Friends, ending number two to Double O by Stephanie 
which is uh, you might also remember as the boy band on the beach ending, where you uh-huh. have the animation of your four Gundam boys on the beach, cutting each other's hair, frolicking, just generally getting into homoerotic shenanigans, and it's fantastic. And then this song too. I love the opening guitar riff that that you kick out of every episode with is so good. But the whole song, it like it builds to like every time that song builds to its big chorus, I get so energized. I've listened to it so many times, and it always works on me. Where like. It's not a song I can listen to casually. It's a song I turn on and then forget what I was doing because I get distracted by it. Including, this was the song that I was listening to when you got on Zoom today and I didn't notice you were there for like 30 seconds because I was rocking out to this song. God, it's good. Uh, And again, fun anime boy shenanigans on the beach. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, Friends uh, did not quite make uh, my list. Uh, Specifically, the song Friends by Stephanie. The TV show Friends also is not on this list. Um, but yes, I'm glad it's there for you. I specifically want to shout out with, uh, friends, the, the, um, palm mutes for whoever plays the acoustic guitar just does such a clean job, um, with basically the, the, the rhythm part has, um, the, these like a couple of really fast strums that then end with a palm mute and that, that acoustic guitar rhythm player does a really, really good job with those. Um, so yes, it's a, yeah, awesome song, great ending sequence. Um, and I love... I just love so much that that band is just named Stephanie. I always find it very funny. It's a great name for a band. Um, Yes. Very good. Uh, All right. So then my number six, we're staying on the Double O Gundam train. Uh, My number six is Daybreak's Bell by Larkin Seal, the original opening theme to Double O Gundam. Um, We're now with like number six. We're really getting to the place where it was very hard for me to figure out exactly where to rank these because all these songs are so fucking good. Um, Daybreak's Bell, it's just fucking great. I don't, I don't even know what else to say about it. Like, it's just so fucking good, right? It's, it's that one where, um, I think you, you really appreciate how perfectly toned it is for Double O Gundam in terms of the mood of the song when they do the classic anime thing where they play again at the end of the whole show. So at the end of season two, while the credits are playing, they play Daybreak's Bell again. Um, and you get that great guitar riff um, at the top of that song. Um, and it's, you're like, yeah, this is, this like kind of defines a lot of Double O Gundam musically is what Larkin Seal does here. Um, it's just, you know, Larkin Seal is a great band. They've done a lot of great music for a lot of shows. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a great song all around. Um, there's, I just, I just like it a lot. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than this song's great. We'll talk about it more later. Yeah. My number six, Can't You See That You Are Sweet? Oh, let me love you so. Mm-hmm. I love this song. Reach out to the sky someday. The opening to 0080 War in the Pocket by Sheena Megumi. I listen to this song a lot. Um, it's it's so sweet. I love the instrumentation. I love the rhythm of it. Um, this is true for a lot of these, but the um, version that um, Yoko... No, um, Hiroko... What's, what's her... Hiroko Moriguchi. <laughs> Hiroko Moriguchi. I was like in my head, I was seeing the kanji like on my iTunes chart and trying to put it together. Sorry. Hiroko Moriguchi's cover album. She covered this on volume two of those. And I love that one, which is all acoustic and and the way it's all done with like like pan flutes and like children's instruments is really good. But the original version is great, too. Um, I often, for whatever reason, turn this on when I'm outside playing fetch with my dogs. It makes me think of them. I really like it. It's such a sweet song. It's such a perfect opening to 0080. Um, One of my favorites. And I think I always thought this would wind up like within my overall top 20. And it kind of, I'll just spoil it, did not. It wound up just outside, which is 
Mm-hmm. There's t- there's too many good ones, Sean. Yep. What am I uh-huh. gonna say? Yeah. What am I gonna say? I love this one. Um, uh, you know, and I think going into this year, where I had already seen this show, I would have thought this would have been even higher. And then we watched Seed, and we watched Double O, and you know yeah. all of that. So it's, it's crazy, but it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. I so neither of the Warren the Pocket songs made uh, my list, the, the opening or the ending theme. Um, even though I love them a lot, and I think it was one of those things where I was like, "Man, this is a really competitive list." And there was a part of me in the back of my head that was like, "Well, there's no fucking way Jonathan's not going to have this song on his <laughs> list." So, like, you can just have him talk about it, um, and then you can free up space on your list because, yeah, I, I love those songs so much, but they just did not quite make the cut for me. Um, so yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad that it's there for you. Uh, my number five is a real banger is Back to Paradise by Miki Matsubata, which is the insert version of what is basically the opening theme song to Stardust Memory. Um, only the insert version that plays in the first episode is English language lyrics. And there's something about the pace of the song and those lyrics that I think it just sounds better to me. And although if you go with the original version, it's also fucking great. It's just a, it's such a great 80s style rock tune um just all across it's like so my shit like this song is so good and such a good 80s style song um that i have an 80s playlist that is on my spotify that i would use sometimes um in the classroom for my students to just like play when they're like working on stuff is like you guys have been doing a good job here let's like listen to like some like real like tunes and put on this 80s playlist or something i have like a whole bunch of playlists and i snuck back to paradise in there um and and um, I had multiple students comment to me how much they liked the song. Um, and obviously none of them would have heard it before. Um, <laughs> I have yet to encounter a student that was into Gundam. Um, I, there are lots of people into anime, but Gundam, I think they need to be a little bit older to get into the Gundam stuff. Um, hey, when you meet that student, instant A. Just, <laughs> yes, exactly. You do not need to come to class anymore. Go home, watch more Gundam. That's your homework. <laughs> yes, and then you come here, and then we can talk about Gundam. Um, and that's yes, that's that's what your yeah, that's what your test is. Is just like let's talk about some cool Gundam stuff. On but episode yeah, like, thirty-one of Weekly Suit Gundam, what did we say about episode two of MS Igloo? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, back to paradise. Um, I love everything about the song. I love the beat. I love the drums. I love the guitar um, riffs that they do. It's such a simple kind of song, um, but it's executed so well. And then uh, Miki Matsubata's um, vocal performance, I think, is just perfect. It's got the right kind of almost raspy um, vocal quality that you want for this kind of song. Um, it's super catchy. It's it's a song I listen to all the time. It's a song I've been listening to listening to all the time for years. And it is also for me. It is the song I think about when I think of like late eighties into the nineties OVAs. Not just Gundam, but anything. All they always have a song that is kind of like Back to Paradise. And Back to Paradise to me is like the platonic ideal of the OVA song. I think we talked about that. We talked about Stardust Memory. Um, but it is the song when I listen to it i just think about that era of anime because it just hits that it's like this is a song that is played over some crisp gorgeous fucking 90s ova animation (laughs) because that's just what the song is made for and it's so good absolutely my number five is uh the first ending to mobile suit gundam seed anani isho data no ni although we were always together by seesaw one of the canonical Gundam, Gundam ending songs. Mm-hmm. It is so great. Uh, it's you know it's the first one where you get um, 
Gundam Seeds thing of playing the song a little bit over the end of the episode into the credits uh, with that main lyric, you know, that comes in almost as a whisper. And then you kick into the full song with that great rhythm and it just stays up at that energy throughout. It is a masterpiece and I love it. And I assume it's on your list too. Yeah, we will talk about it later. Uh, for okay. Sure. Then you're number four. Yes, my number four, uh, getting back into some double O Gundam bullshit. <laughs> I think now I want to say, yes, um, I believe now every single ending theme for double O Gundam will be represented on our list because I'm number four is Wanna by the Backhorn, um, the first ending theme to double O Gundam. This song fucking rips so hard. It is so good. And one thing I love about it is it's also um, stylistically like weird for an ending theme to an anime. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's, 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 I mean, it's just like stylistically kind of like a weird song um, because the Backhorn is a really great band um, and I love their style. They flow really naturally between punk and like when I say punk, I mean like not pop punk. Um, it's more like a traditional punk style going back more to some of the stuff you get in the 70s with like the Sex Pistols or the Ramones or something. Um, between that metal and more like kind of traditional rock style and they mix those three styles really effectively i think wana is like one of the best songs they've done it might be their best song that like amplifies that um or symbolizes that approach to music in terms of genre because i feel like wana just exists at like the perfect midpoint of that kind of venn diagram of classic 70s punk metal and rock um and it sort of over the course of the song flows and uses different stylistic elements from all the genres all genres that i have a lot of love for um and i think it's particularly how potent the punk attitude of wana is that just like really hits me because i think you just don't have music that's written like that stylistically much at all these days like punk as a genre has moved so far away from that because of the influence of like grunge and pop punk um, that like Wana just gets that like just dirty fucking feel that classical punk has um, and it just yeah it just like hits me um, in my punk loving heart a lot and it's uh, it's just a great song that every time you would go into it at the end of one of those first 12 episodes of Double O Gundam it's just gnarly and you're and it fits the tone of the show there early on where you're just kind of like in some ways dissociated from the show because you're not really close to any of the characters. It's so much more about what's happening in the world and the politics and the messiness of it all. And then you get just this like punk metal ballad and uh, to end every episode. And it just like steals my heart every time I hear that song. It's so good. I definitely in contention for my list. I love this song to death. But I knew you loved it even more. Uh -huh. So it was the exact same logic you had with uh, Reach Out to the Sky. I just said, Sean will talk about it. I will leave it to him. Um, it's so it's one of the best anime endings. It's so unique. I love the animation that goes with it, too. I feel like they found a way to do that animation that really fit the, like, the, the staccato punk of that song. Uh -huh. um, it's very, I also love, 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 love their song in the movie. Um, yes. It's up there as well. All right. My number four... Don't come to me just because you're lonely tonight. Lonely's only part of your game. This is Magic from 0083, the ending uh, to the first half of that show by Jacob Wheeler. Um, I have listened to this song <laughs> an obscene number of times. I love it. I, I described it on the episode. It's basically like a missing song from Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, specifically the second 
half of that album, which is the ballads. Mm -hmm. um, that's what this sounds like. And it is so good. It's like the best Michael Jackson song Michael Jackson never recorded. In that, again, that ballad kind of thing he did early on. Um, I adore it. I listen to it a lot. And I also found this article. This is a blog post from 2016 that someone wrote um, who's a Gundam fan, loved this song, um, and tried to figure out who the guy who recorded it was, this artist Jacob Wheeler. Wind up, wound up contacting him, doing a little interview, and I'm looking at the webpage right now where he talks about this. Um, apparently at the time of the, of the project, of 0083, when he recorded this song, he was living with his family in Tokyo, working as a magazine model, nightclub singer, and backup singer for various Japanese bands. He spent about six years living in Tokyo, and during his time in Japan, um, he appeared in a, a film, he did some stuff like this, um, Bobby Watson, who was a producer and bassist for the band Rufus with Chaka Khan, put out a call for singer-songwriters in the area because Sunrise was looking for songs to use in a new Gundam series. And after providing Watson with several demos, his song Magic was selected and Sunrise wanted Wheeler to perform it. So Wheeler said that he began his relationship with Sunrise through that song. Um, it, it, the inspiration came from friends with relationship troubles. Um, he, he wrote the sort of chord changes and mood before he went with the lyrics. And I think you can really feel that. Mm -hmm. It is such a moody atmospheric song there's a bunch of great if you just google jacob wheeler magic you'll find this whole story it's really interesting um he i don't think continue yeah, so he left japan in the early 90s didn't really pursue music anymore after that um he became a stockbroker and travel agent um managed multiple bank branches for Citibank, um and recently got back into singing and acting in the last couple of years um, and then he has a photography business now, and, and you can find that website. I think that is a fascinating arc, and I, I, good God, this song should be better known. It is so great. Yeah, it is a really great song. It didn't quite make the cut um, for my list. Uh, I think, like, kind of Back to Paradise is sort of selected as my Stardust Memory, like, representative, um, because I was having a hard time yeah. finding space for all the songs I liked on this list. But, yeah, it very much is to me, it's like... Magic by Jacob Wheeler and Human Touch by Warren Weeby, the yes. ending themed after Gundam X, like are there together is like a what the fuck? Where did these songs even come from? They're so good, and they feel like it feels like some like Sunrise must have gone out and licensed some like great musical artist I had never heard of from like the seventies or something that worked um in over here, and you're like, no, this is just like original music made for this thing by this guy. Um, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, and I will say one of my hardest cuts was the other 0083 ending, Evergreen by Mio. I think that song is utterly gorgeous. Um, all four, 0083 has pound for pound one uh -huh. of the... It's like that, Zeta, and 00 have the best set of songs. Um, and it's so good. Really, really fucking good. All right, my number three is Akatsuki no Kurama or Wheels of Dawn by Fiction Junction Yuka. Um, this is the insert song that plays in Mobile Suit Gundam Seed um, that starts playing a couple times near the end of the show. I think most iconically um, when you have everybody blasting off from Orb um, and you have the Lion of Orb, uh, Kagali's father, staying behind and burning uh, in the, the rubble of his um, country as he sees his daughter off um, as they go to end the war. Um, that whole sequence is fucking amazing. Um, and this song is a big part of it. Um, you know, we'll also be hearing another song that is composed by the artist Yuki Kajiura, who is uh, the musical artist behind all the Fiction Junction songs. Um, we also, 
um, talked a little bit about a different Fiction Junction song, not Yuka, the Fiction Junction Lisa, because that is the the artist that did the ending theme to uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, because Fiction Junction is basically just the name that Yuki Kashiura uses when she's working on the anime project. And she basically makes the song and then works with a singer to sing it. Um, and so a singer named Yuka sung this song. Um, yeah, Wheels of Dawn. I have just always loved this song so much. It was that thing that when um, Hiroko Moriguchi said that she was going to do a second album of Gundam song covers, and I was like, okay, well, they're definitely going to get to seed music because there wasn't any seed music before, and there's two fucking songs that she has to do, and I saw the song list, and both of them were on there. Yep. One of them I've yet to talk about on my list. Um, the other one is Wheels of Dawn, and that version is also fucking amazing. Um, just like all the acoustic guitar version or the acoustic guitar work in the song is amazing. The like beat and pace of the song, the mood, the tone, um, it's just it so perfectly captures the the melancholy um, and drive of what they're depicting at that point in Gundam Seed. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a song I've listened to forever. It's also got just such a great title, Akatsuki no Kurama. Um, it, it's so evocative of what the song is about and what it feels like um, is the wheels that turn is pushing Dawn along. Um, it's, a, it's a great, great song um, that, yeah, it's, it's my number three. It is just fucking amazing. Well, reminding everyone that we do not coordinate this ahead of time, my number three is also <laughs> Wheels of Dawn. Is there something th in the water? Why are our number threes all the same? Because that was the same thing with fucking the mobile seats. I know, I know. <laughs> Whatever the case, uh, Wheels of Dawn is also my number three because it is amazing and perfect. And every time I hear it, I just see Kira reaching out to Othrin mm -hmm. and their hands, their mobile suit hands clenching and I shed one single tear for their bromance because it is beautiful and wonderful. And this song is so good. It is tied to one of the best sequences in the history of Gundam. It is a great song on its own. And I think the Hiroko Moriguchi cover is even better mm -hmm. than the original recording. Um, I adore this song, but I think you said it. There's a reason it's both of our number three. Yeah, it's a great, great song. My number two, um, God, I, love, I have loved this song so much for such a long time is the second opening theme from Double O Gundam, Ash Like Snow by The Brilliant Green. There is something about this song that when I want to listen to something that just has the chunkiest fucking power chords, this is the song you go to. There's something so meaty about the guitar work in the song. I love so much, accompanied with, in a very good, like, pop, like, this is very pop-punk style, and accompanied with your, like, traditional pop-punk, this is very beautiful um, female vocalist that um, sings for The Brilliant Green, that I found out when I was looking up stuff about the song, that she's also married to the bassist for that band, which is very cool. Um, but, and she also is uh, the singer that did, um, she is basically the band, the singer for The Brilliant Green, that is Tommy Heavenly Nine, that did Unlimited Sky, one of the insert songs for Double of Gundam, another fun fact for people. Um, which is one of the reasons why that song is so sick. Um, but Ash Like Snow, um, this is my favorite song from Double O Gundam. It is one of my favorite Gundam openings. I think it is probably I like this song more than other people, but it just like hits for me just exactly what I want from a pop punk sort of J-pop punk sort of style song with those meaty fucking power chords, just really beautiful vocals. Um, I think it just, for me, it captures everything about like the, the that side of the tone of, of Double O Gundam, that like era of late 2000s um, J-Rock kind of music. It just, um, I've listened to it so much over the past five to six years. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, 
you know, it's a song that every time it comes up on a playlist that I'm listening to, not only do I have to listen to it, I have to like stop and headbang while I listen to it because this song is so sick. Great song, not on my list, um, but you've always liked this one a little more than me, mm-hmm. but it is very good and I'm glad to see it there. Uh, I will say my top two was exactly like my mobile suits. When I started this list, I wrote number one, number two, because yeah. I knew them ex- immediately. My number two is The Winner from 0083 slash Back to Paradise. I They're kind of interchange not interchangeable because they are different, but like they're a clear A-side, B-side of the same thing by Miki Matsubara. Um I have listened to this. So, you know, 0083, I watched way back before I watched, like, Zeta and stuff. Um, We just didn't review it, and then we came back around to it. So this one has been on my playlist for a long time. And whenever I just need a pick-me-up, I can turn on the winner or back to Paradise. But I think the winner is even better for this specific reason of just the get pumped. Like, Mm. the opening chords to this, I I love it in the animation, too. But just that that basic guitar riff, it is so fucking 80s. and that rhythm, I love it so much. And then you get into the the main lyrics um, and everything. In either version, I agree. I think the English lyrics hit a little harder, in part because the instrumentation is just a little sparser on Back to Paradise, and mm-hmm. so the vocals come through a little stronger, um, which is why it works so well as an insert song in that episode. But um, this is easy top five Gundam openings for me, which you'll see it is... If you just cut out everything else and just go with openings, it's in the top five on my overall list. Um, I love it. Uh, you said a lot about it, and I, I echo all of that. Um, I think both versions have their merits, and I think ultimately I maybe lean towards the winner for some of its instrumentation, and just because, again, I can I can feel down, I can feel low energy, and I can put on the first 30 seconds of the winner, and I will want to go like run around the block. It's, it's so great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I wish it was attached to a show I liked slightly better, but boy, it does. It does. I will say, 0083 gets as high as it does on my overall rankings because of the songs. It really, when I look at like, well, versus this show has this straight, it doesn't have the winner. Fuck it. This is better. There you go. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's just, no, oh, fucking hell. The songs are so good. All right. My number one. Uh, I think everyone knows what it is, uh, is Annani Shodatanoni, or Although We Were Always Together by Seesaw, um, another Yuki Kajiura joint, uh, the original ending theme for Gundam Seed. This is one of my favorite Gundam songs. It has been forever. Um, there's something about this. I mean, this is um, one of those songs that like I like made me sort of sit up and pay attention to Yuki Kajiura as a musical composer as well as a singer. Um, and, uh, you know, she has then done... Um, a lot of stuff on Kimetsu Yaiba, but she also does all the stuff for like the Fate series, basically, basically all the stuff. They have different composers sometimes, um, but that like the Kata no Kyokai movies that are connected to the Fate stuff, and she's just such a awesome musical artist that has also been like the fuel behind like three or four different bands like Seesaw, like the Fiction Junction kind of label, um, and uh, a couple of other bands that also do opening and ending themes for different um anime series through the years and all of them are great and all of them like have their own sort of musical spin on uh Kajira's sort of like main thing which is these very kind of like heart-rending gorgeous beautiful um melodies usually by like really incredibly talented uh female vocalists that sing them and i think there's something about Anani Isha Datanani in particular that's interesting particularly within her like musical work that it has more of that um, what I would associate with more traditionally with seed with this kind of electronic um, more kind of pumping element to it that it gets into outside of like that kind of opening 
um, that really haunting opening that leads in. And there's something about that mix that I find very kind of enchanting about this song. Um, but it is, you know, part of what makes this song so good for me and why it's ranked so high is also it is used so effectively within Gundam Seed. And it it is one of the things that makes the first half of Gundam Seed work for me, where that side of the show is really messy. But every time an episode ends, you're like, well, this was really good. Because every time it ends, <laughs> it starts playing the beginning of this song um, where you get the the title of the song, Annani Shodatanani, sung in this really haunting way um, as it leads into the end credits. Um, it's that really great, what I feel is like pretty iconic end credit sequence of the camera panning horizontally over all the characters in this like desert wasteland with these like expressions of utter despair at the like carnage of what has been going on in this war. Um, yeah, I just love this song so much. I love the that title in that chorus line i think there's something about the the use of the japanese language there with that phrase that is so poetic the pacing of the glottal stops which are those like basically anytime there's a double consonant in japanese it's using a glottal stop so that gives you that that um this kind of like stops there that provide extra emphasis and the usage of the like repetition of the in vowel um, it's just such a beautiful poetic use of the Japanese language and the lyrics throughout the song I think in Japanese are really gorgeous um, so yeah I, this has been one of my favorite Gundam songs for a very long time um, I'm very happy that now I can put it in, in my list and, and talk about it in the scope of Gundam music as a whole because to me it is like one of the all time great Gundam songs certainly one of the all time great ending themes for an anime absolutely love it to death but my number one is Daybreak's Bell the first opening to Double O by Lark and Seal, who is a band I've liked for a long time because they did one of the openings for Full Metal Alchemist, the original mm. show, and then the opening and ending for the movie Conqueror of Shambhala, and I've always loved their music. But Daybreak's Bell is next level. This is such a stealth banger to me because the first time I heard it, I went, this is really good. And the second time I heard it, I went, man, this is, this is really good. And the third time I heard it, I went, wow, this is... And every time since... Literally, this is a song I like at least a little bit more every time I've heard it. And I like keep that in the back of my mind. Every time I turn it on or watch an episode, I would go, yeah, I like this a little bit more this time. There's something about the build of this song. It's got a great opening, obviously. But then you... It kind of is 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 a little softer. It's It's got this kind of like stop-start sort of staccato to the lyrics. And then when it just blossoms into the chorus, it is so virtuoso i don't know how else to say it um and i wish i had better language to describe music because it is such a phenomenal thing this song does and every time i hear it i just see the gorgeous animation from this opening in my mind it is almost like an acrobatic song for me the way it like feels like it is embodying like the movements of like the gundams in the opening and things like that um and, and every time I listen to it, that build up to that chorus, and then the chorus itself, which is just so gorgeous, and the vocals are so precise, um, and they pull you along so beautifully, I just, I fall deeper and deeper under the song's spell. It was an easy number one for me here. It's pretty high on my overall top 20, but I think it could rise even higher. Um, you know, we'll check back next year, and there's, there's one song like that from year one that went several spots up for me in year two, and I think this one could jump the line as well it is an all-timer to me um and uh, also is connected to one of my favorite gundam shows so that sure as shit doesn't hurt 
Devil Again has some really good goddamn music, huh? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh-huh. We we seem to agree on that, Sean. Yep. Um, how many of the songs on your list were Double O? I only I think I had three. How many did you have? Um, I had one, two, three, four, five. Okay, half your yes. list. Yes. Um, no, no shame in that. That and, was that and, was and and. The other one, because I was, so my number 11, what is like my highest honorable mention is Closed World, the backhorn song from the movie. So it was always going to be five. It was just like, which five is it going to be? Yeah, for my honorable mentions, you already, I talked about most of them. Ignited from Seed Destiny, 10 years after from 8th MS Team. Um, opening 3 to 2 Double O by Overworld, uh, and then Evergreen from 0083. The one I didn't mention yet was Men of Destiny from 0083, the other opening. I also mm-hmm. love that one. Didn't quite make the top 10. One thing I'll say about Men of Destiny, I like it in the show. Hiroko Moriguchi totally reworked that song for yes. me. I think her cover of that shoots that song song into the stratosphere and like makes it one of the greats i think the original recording is good but hers makes it really draws out what a good song that is yeah i i agree that 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 song doesn't leave a huge impression on me from stardust memory like it's not bad it's just not my favorite um but but her version of it if you were specifically talking about that version it would probably uh, break into my top 10 because it is yeah yeah that cover is incredibly good um I want to shout out also, because most of my other, like, what I would call honorable mentions, we've also basically talked about either because they were on your list or I mentioned them like Vestige from Sea Destiny. Um, I do also want to shout out, just because this was a song I never listened to a lot for whatever reason, and then rewatching this movie brought it back up. And I was like, this song's really fucking good, is uh, Qualia, the overworld song from that movie. Yes. This fucking song is amazing. Like, it's so good. Um, I, I For whatever reason, like, I just didn't listen to that song a lot. In the years since I watched that movie, um, and then rewatching the movie, I'm like, why have I not like put this in like a bunch of playlists and like listen to this song a lot more because it's incredibly good. It's fantastic. We, I mean, honestly, we could have done like top ten from Double O, and then a top ten from everything else, and it probably yeah. would have been easier. But uh, yeah, I, I think it worked out. So now, should we tell the people how some of these fit into our overall top twenty songs? Yes. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'll say, uh, starting off that, I don't think I moved much around that was already there. I think I'm kind of going to save that a little bit more for probably next year when a little bit more is settled, uh, because it just feels like some of the, so because I'll say six of those 10 made it onto my list, which means six songs had to come off, and it basically was my bottom six. And there's one song on here I'm going to have to find a way to put back into my list. But I just want to go through very quickly the songs that were on my list uh, last year that got cut. Were Here Comes Shar or Shaga Kudu, which was my number 20 last year. Uh, Trust You Forever, the second opening to uh, G Gundam. Broken Mirror, one of the Unicorn Gundam songs by Boom Boom Satellites. Um, This is a song that it feels wrong that it's not on my list. And I'll need to think about where it fits in because I feel like it was too low. But it also I wouldn't put it super high. I don't know what to do with it is Eternal Wind, uh, the song from F91 by Hidako Moriguchi. It is such a Gundam song. It has to be on the list. Yeah, I don't don't know what the hell you're doing. That's that's um, heresy. Yeah, I mean, I don't like it as much as you, but it certainly should be a top 20 song. I don't have to figure out what to do with that. Another one that really breaks my these all these kind of break my heart. They're not on there, but Anime Jinai. Uh, the opening theme to Double Zeta uh, did not quite make the cut, and "Stand Up to the Victory," the opening to Victory Gundam. I don't like. I like that song. I don't like it as much as you. I mean, I didn't go to Japan specifically to sing it in karaoke, which I think was why you went right. You did some other stuff too, but you wanted to sing this in karaoke. Yeah, in this Japan. is the one I sing with a stranger. You yes. know, yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, so those songs did not quite make, quite make my cut because I had to fit six more songs on this list because there can only be 20 because I don't know why. I mean, we could put as many on as we on here as we want because it is our podcast. But what? how many did it uh, put onto your list and do you know what got cut, Jonathan? Four were replaced. Okay. So a low number, but it's tough. Uh, the four that I cut were Now Is Good Night, the insert from 79, uh, Vigilante from Narrative Gundam, Aura from Turn A, and The Era Is Crying from Double Zeta. That one hurt. I love that song. Um, and then I, I will be honest, the number 20 spot is one of the ones I replaced, and I am still to this second unsure of which song to put there, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Should I just say that now and just go through my 20? Yeah, go ahead and yeah, just run through all of your 20 okay. and then I'll run through mine. My number 20 right now is Magic by Jacob Wheeler. I've thought about, even though on the list I put Magic above Ana no Icha, um, always, although we were always together, I might swap these because I think I like Magic a little more, but uh, Human Touch is also on this list and I don't know if I need both. Uh-huh. So, you know, I don't know. For now I'm going to keep it as Magic, but we'll revisit this in year three, all right? Um, yes. Because I do love that song also So 20 is Magic Number 19 is Dreams by Romantic Mode From After War Gundam X That's the opening to that one It's a banger uh, Number 18 is Re-I-M by Aimer From Unicorn Gundam 17, Believe in the Starry Sky By Mami Ayakawa from Zeta That's the ending um, I Can't Help Believe in You uh, Number 16 is Forever Amuro By Koi Keda Number 15 is Zeta Transcending Time Also by Mami Ayakawa The opening to Zeta 1 um, uh, 14 is Wheels of Dawn by Fiction Junction that's where that one fell 13 is Flying in the Sky from G Gundam Hitofumi Ushima uh, 12 is Cage from Narrative Gundam Hiroyuki Sawano and Tiel number 11 is Turn A Turn uh, from Turn A Gundam by Hideki Saijo and then the top 10 are Human Touch by Warren Weeby from After War number 9 a new edition is The Winner 0083 uh, slash Back to Paradise by Miki Matsubura Number eight is where Daybreak's Bell fell, double O opening one by Larkin Seal. Seven is Stand Up to the Victory by Tomihisa Kawasoe, Victory Gundam. My heart will always be with this song. The fact that they replaced that in Victory Gundam is the worst thing about Victory Gundam. Mm-hmm. No, this should have been all 50. Uh, number six is Tobe Gundam, the original Gundam opening, because we play it on like every episode of the podcast and I've listened to it a million times and it's in my blood now. It's part of my DNA. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it. Number five, the best Gundam opening still from the Aquas Star with Love by Hiroko Moriguchi. Um, number four, Eternal Wind by Hiroko Moriguchi from F91. Uh, I did rearrange the top four a little bit. So Eternal Wind went to number four. Number three is now Moon's Cocoon by Aki Okui from Turn A. Um, Watch out for that one in years to come Because uh-huh. it's risen a little bit already Number two is my uh, total cheat Where I put all four Daisuke Inoue songs from Gundam right, I forgot you had done that Yeah, you did just yeah. cheat You're going to yeah. have to undo that cheat next year No, nah, fuck You're off gonna, We're going to expand the total number of songs And you're going to have to undo that cheat It's going to be hard But they are a bundle at number two And I did move beyond the time Into its rightful place as number one Because yep. I've listened to it more over the last uh-huh. year I've thought about your arguments. I've thought about it. It is the ultimate Gundam song uh, by T. Yeah, it uh, deserved to be there. It's perfect. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's a solid list. Um, my twenty then. So, like I said, most of I didn't really bother too much moving things around within songs that already existed, just because it felt pointless. If we're just going to add more songs eventually, I'm going to have to. You know, I think it becomes really hard to rank these because we're now talking about what is three plus decades worth yes. of music so it's like how do you rank 
uh, a like pop punk masterpiece to me, uh, like Ash Like Snow, next to Soldiers of Sorrow by Daisuke Noe, a like folk classic. Like they're like utterly opposite kinds of music that are separated by like twenty years stylistically. It's a madman's like task to try to fit that together. So th- I think these lists are probably going to get a pretty holistic reassessment. Um, or at least and we I are also definitely expanding this from twenty next year. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, that would be too brutal. Um, so my number twenty is Amro Forever, the, uh, the iconic uh, ending oh, theme no. from Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, my number 19 is Daybreak's Bell by Larkin Seal, so that made its way onto the list. Uh, my number 18 is Back to Paradise by Miki Matsubata, that also got onto the list. I'm excited to see what I did here, where I was like, I don't want to think about the rankings too much, because my number 17 is Wana, also broke onto the list uh, uh, by the Backhorn. So those three, I was just like, I don't know. Uh, let's just kind of put them all in the bottom 10, and I'll think about those placements more uh, in the future. And number 16 is Beginning by Daisuke Inoue. My number 15 is Zeta Tokyo Koite, or, or like Crossing the Time by Mami Ayukawa. Uh, my number 14 is Hoshizoda No Believe, or I Can't Help Believe in You, ba, 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 uh, that song. My number 13 is Aura, the ending theme, the original ending from Turn A Gundam. My number 12 is Wheels of Dawn, or Katsuki no Kuruma, so that got up on the list in a pretty high spot. Uh, Fly, or Tobe Gundam by Ko Ikeda is my number 11. My number 10 is Re I Am from Unicorn Gundam. My number nine is Turn A Turn. My number eight is Ash Like Snow, uh, broke up into the top 10 by The Brilliant Green. My number seven is Human Touch by Warren Weeby. My number six is Soldiers of Sorrow by Daisuke Inoue. My number five is Encounters by Daisuke Inoue. My number four is Annani Shodat Danani, or, or Although We Were Always Together by Seesaw. So that is the highest new song on my list, broke into the top five. My number three is The Moon's Cocoon or Tsukino Mayu by Yoko Kano. Number three! Again! What Uh the fuck is going on here? Our number threes must always be the same, Jonathan. It's the blood pact we made. Um, And yeah, my top three are also just completely unchanged from... And I suspect they will probably go unchanged. uh, Because my number two is from the Aqueous Star with Love, uh, the second opening theme to Zeta Gundam, uh, Hiroki Moriguchi's uh, masterpiece. And then number one, what is now on this podcast, or at least for now, the canonically best Gundam song. I will fight for this to always be the best Gundam song, Beyond the Time by TM Network, the theme from Char's Counterattack, because that song fucking rules, uh, and that's all that needs to be said about it. That is the musical equivalent to the Goof Custom. I, It's yes. pretty unimpeachable. I yeah, think I overthought it last year, and no, it's the best. What yeah, am I, it's yeah. just kind of immovable. Like, it's just, like, it has to be there. You That's when you make the list, you put that at number one. One, and then you start thinking about what else you want to put on there. Yeah, number two is the real, like, the, the competition here. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. All right. Now the hard part. <laughs> yes, so now, finally, we've got we've got the preliminary lists out of the way. That was all fun. That was all just us messing around. Now we've got to get down to the real science and the hard work, Jonathan, because it's time for us to, to, to um, address our rankings of every Gundam show that we have watched. So we're not separately ranking just the year two stuff because it feels like that would be kind of pointless because you'll see that ranking anyway within how it'll rank. Um, So we have now watched with the way we've combined things because some of them, like we put the Gundam movie trilogy with Mobile Suit Gundam and we left Awakening of the Trailblazer with Double O Gundam and all that kind of stuff while we kind of grouped things together. Um, We have a list of 21 different Gundam, I call them Gundam works, Gundam series, however you want to label it. Um, that we have watched now over two years of this podcast. 
and we have each individually made a ranked list of those 21 in order from 21 being the worst and number one being the best. So we'll run through our lists. Um, uh, question. Yes. I thought there were 20. What makes it 21? Are you counting Zeta Gundam and a new translation separately? Yes. Okay. I thought that's what we were doing. I can I can adjust to that. Give okay. me a second. I know where yeah. I'd put it. So, but, so you, okay. you, you 21 put now. It, yeah, in your list uh, while I talk about it. Because I felt like... They are different enough compared to the original Mobile Suit Gundam Fair movie enough. to its original that felt like we should find a spot to rank them because we did do an episode entirely just dedicated to those um, movies. Um, so that's what, to me, makes it 21. Um, so, yeah, so we'll go through our list. I don't think we'll, we're not going to really talk about, I think, in depth any of the stuff from the first year. Um, yeah. because we I, have that podcast to talk about. But The way we did it last year is we did these separately instead of going back and forth because it would take forever doing it back yes. and forth. So yeah. who should go first here and present their 21? Um, I'll go first, and also I'll do my 21, then you do your 21, and then we will uh, have a chat about how we want to, what compromises or movements do we want to make to make a combined list um, yes. to fill out our... Um, list from last year to a full 21 our list of 11 from last year now to 21 um, and fit those together i'm going to suspect that that process is probably going to be relatively easy because i think most of our placements are going to be pretty similar at least in terms of what we put the new stuff at um yes but let's go ahead i will start with my uh 21 rankings this isn't the top 21 this is the only 21 uh because it starts with at the bottom 21 uh what will i can say very definitively <laughs> remain the bottom of the list is G Savior because I mean this is the only thing that is only here because we were able to watch the movie together. If and was would have been if it was a funny thing to do if it wasn't for the fact that we could be in the same room and watch that movie at the same time, I never would have made through it all the way. Um, it's garbage. It's barely Gundam. Um, nobody should watch it. It's, it's barely Gundam. Like, it's barely a movie. It's barely a thing. Yeah, it's just a bad 90s TV movie. A very bad 90s TV movie with horrible effects, um, like nothing plot, nothing characters, terrible jokes. It's terrible just acting. Terrible acting. Basically, everything about it is bad. You Nobody should watch it. The only reason to watch it would be if you wanted to see it to listen to our podcast. But I think, from what I remember correctly, we specifically talked about it on the podcast in such a way intentionally to make it that people would be able to enjoy the conversation without having watched this garbage movie it's we awful. did we we did a full plot recap which we've never done just so people wouldn't have to watch the movie yes i will say for g savior one nice thing i will say about it is it makes me look fonder on the doctor who movie <laughs> <laughs> yes yes um they're similar they're similar kinds of bad but the Doctor Who movie at least has Paul McGann's performance, which is pretty good. Oh, hit. the Doctor Who movie is Citizen Kane compared yes. to this. Yeah, Sylvester McCoy is in the Doctor Who movie. Yeah, he gets shot by street punks. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the set in the fucking Doctor Who movie is already a thousand times more artistic than anything in, in G Savior. Uh, yeah. uh, garbage, bad movie. Nobody should watch it. Um, my number 20 is Mobile Suit Gundam MS Igloo. Um, I could probably don't need to say much about this since this was also the last episode of this podcast. Um, but it's just boring. Like, it's just really boring and the animation is awful. Um, it's like incredibly terrible and makes it kind of impossible to be invested in anything connected to the plot or characters. I think the only particularly like redeeming thing about it is one that it is at its heart a museum curio. It does. It's not really something that feels designed to be viewed outside of the context of it being this exhibit in the Bandai Namco Museum. 
um, when it came out. Uh, but that's how the only way you can obviously watch it now is is removed a little bit from that context. And if you're like a crazy, super duper hardcore Gundam fan, like that first episode has some kind of fun Gundam lore stuff with the Battle of Loom. That's mostly made irrelevant now because Gundam Origin exists, but it's still kind of an interesting concept, even if every episode is too long. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an unnecessary piece of Gundam. Um, and that's something that, like, I think is exclusive for 20 and 21 on this list is absolutely nobody should really feel compelled to watch these things almost in any context. They're just not that worth it. Um, and, um, and both of them are things that we almost wouldn't have even done podcasts on. The only reason we did the MSA Glue podcast is because I wanted to rewatch MSA Glue 2. And it felt like, well, if we have to watch the first one if we're going to do the MSA Glue 2 stuff also. So my number 19 then is Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Destiny. Um, this is a bad show. Uh, it's an infuriating show. It is also a fascinatingly infuriating show. Um, the thing I will say that puts it very definitively above MS Igloo and G Savior to me is that at least like it's interesting to think about and compelling to think about as like an artistic object that exists. It doesn't mean that it's good. Um, but like it presents so many interesting ideas and fucks them all up. It presents a bunch of interesting characters and fucks them all up. It creates bizarre <laughs> contradictions within the show, basically every single episode of, or minute of its running time, um, and trying to understand and resolve those contradictions is both engaging in a certain way, but also something that makes the show as utterly infuriating as it is. It is among the worst TV shows I've ever seen as like an artistic project, even if it is more competently made in some production senses than its predecessor Gundam Seed. Um, overall, Gundam Seed Destiny, that show makes me very mad whenever I think about it. And so it's very, very low on this list. Uh, my number 18 is New Mobile Report Gundam Wing and Endless Waltz. Um, that used to be at the bottom of the list in the new watch stuff that was worse than Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing's biggest sin is that it's boring, um, but it's also not as like a like weird train wreck the way that Seed Destiny is. Uh, my number 17 is Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Um, I know that this is that there are people that really love Stardust Memory. And we, you know, on our podcast, we talk about it's got a lot of issues. I think particularly when you get closer to the end, Nina Purpleton is one of those confounding characters in the history of Gundam. You can't quite understand what they were trying to do with her. It ends up being feeling incredibly sexist and insulting to the audience. Um, and it's just too long. It doesn't know what to do with its protagonist, Ko, almost at all. It's got Anna Delgato, who is an amazing character, probably should have been the protagonist of the show, or at least should have had a lot more screen time, because he's way more interesting than Ko, and he's not in the show nearly as much, um, and near as much as you think, or he needs to be. But the show has kick-ass fucking music, um, and it's got that OVA animation and that great direction that is utterly undeniable. Um, and it has some really great moments. Those first couple of episodes have incredible um, art to them and some incredible action sequences. There have those some moments in the middle of the show, like that scene where Ko's uh, sort of like captain um, dies because his mobile suit explodes, mostly because of a weird mechanical failure. And that sequence is really uh, striking. And so it has some redeeming stuff to it for sure. But overall, as a project, I think Stardust Memory just doesn't really sort of live up to what it wants to be. Number 16 is Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, a new translation, the movie trilogy. Um, this is as high as it is because Zeta Gundam is very good. Um, most of what they do to change Zeta Gundam either is like kind of whatever or it's actively bad, like the new ending. Um, 
but it is an interesting thing to watch from a Gundam fan perspective. And that third movie, I enjoyed a lot because the ending of Zeta Gundam is so fucking good. Um, this is like a weird thing to try to rank, but it feels like it should sort of be seen as its own thing because it sort of wants to be its own thing in some ways of recontextualizing and redoing certain elements of the Zeta Gundam story. Um, and from there, I will say that those 21 to 16, those are like the like whatever too bad section of the list. And everything above here is stuff that I like quite a bit. Um, so 15 is Mobile Suit Gundam NMSA Glue 2 Gravity Front. This show fucking rules. Um, it's a great little three episode thing that shows you a lot of fascinating different uh, pieces of Gundam lore from a different perspective. That first episode in particular, I think is a must see for any Gundam fan. Um, it is such a fascinating perspective on the early phase of the one year war from the Federation's perspective when they do not have um, mobile suits to deal with the Zaku 2s that are raining from the sky and the hell coming from Xeon that they have to fight against. And it's just a great premise executed phenomenally. Um, and again, like it is the reason why we watched MS Igloo, which was a show I didn't really want to rewatch was because I wanted to do Igloo 2 and, and do a podcast on it. And it was really fucking good. Uh, number 14 is Mobile Fighter G Gundam. It's just fucking awesome. Number 13 is After War Gundam X. Also really good. This is all um, shows we did last time and these rankings have not moved. Number 12 is Mobile Suit Gundam F91. Boy, that movie is weird, but it is fucking fantastic. And that ending is one of the great iconic Gundam things. Mobile Number 11 is Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. Um, number 10, something new, Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. I had a pretty hard time once we got to here finding a place to put some of this stuff because this top 10 is pretty tight with some really great stuff. Um, 08th MS team is, you know, it just has some of the best action um, of any Gundam thing. It has the great Gundam action scene with the Goof Custom um, near the end, and that whole episode is utterly phenomenal. I think the only reason why OHMS team is at the lower end or at the bottom of the top 10 is mostly because I think some of the Romeo Juliet romance stuff doesn't entirely work for it. And it's like the one major chink in the show's armor. The rest of it is, I think, pretty like perfect. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, it's got some great music, particularly 10 years after, which is a very good uh, ending theme. Um, and that OVA animation is so, so good, is so, so good. Uh, my number nine is Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, uh, and the narrative we kind of put with that, um, so that's kind of unchanged. My number eight is Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Um, this was also one I had a hard time finding a place for. Um, I just love Gundam Seed a lot. I think it is one of the most, as is like clear by where it is on the list, it is uh, one of the two AU shows that I think is able to sort of break in and be as good, or at least one of the two we've covered so far, to be really in conversation and in competition with the classic Gundam stuff of quality and quality for me. Um, I think it just is able to handle its character stuff in such a fascinating way. And I think Kida's arc and the journey he goes on of this Superman style story of being someone who is so incredibly capable, but doesn't know how to use the power that he has to be productive and how to advance both his own interests and the interests of the world and the people around him and him struggling with that um, is so strong to me. And then in particular, when you have that mid-show moment, what is to me an all-time great Gundam sequence where he comes in with the Freedom Gundam is unshackled from um, all these burdens he had been carrying for the first half of the show and finally is pointed in the right direction and knows what he needs to do and how to do it. Um, that is just to me a pure triumph of storytelling. 
Uh, the first half of the show is very messy, as we talked about a lot on that podcast, and why that's why it's in this kind of bottom section of the list. Um, but its virtues are so high to me. Um, it has also just an incredible score, um, including the obviously all the lyrical music, but the score itself um, is one of the best. Now, number seven is Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. So Double Zeta and Seed, I think we're both like kind of jockeying for the same spot for a while because I think they both have similar sort of early on, they're rough in kind of trying to find themselves. And then once it clicks into place around the middle, you have two of the best Gundam things ever, um, Kira in the Freedom Gundam or the Colony Drop in Double Zeta. I think why Double Zeta wins out is mostly because that two-part Dublin episode in the middle of Double Zeta is some of the best Gundam stuff there is in any Gundam show. Um, so uh, as much as I love the Gundam Seed stuff, that really kind of puts it above Gundam Seed for me. My number six is Mobile Suit Gundam 0080 War in the Pocket. So this and what my number five is, we're in a harsh competition a lot. Um, and it's, you know, I kind of like have it tied for what my number five is. War in the Pocket is just one of the all-time great Gundam things. I mean, obviously we're up here in the top six. Um, it has just um, kind of perfect. Like, it's just kind of perfect. It's a perfect story perfectly told with incredible animation incredible music um it's so tight as the six episode ova thing that is basically a movie style structure um that gets at the heart of a lot of the core themes of gundam in a way that feels both unique and also very accessible it's a, such a good starting point if you're a new fan of gundam and trying to get into the franchise i think war in the pocket is one of the most compelling arguments for gundam as like not just a single story like the original show but as this ongoing franchise and project using these symbols and iconography and ideas to tackle similar themes where in the pocket is that first thing by someone who's not tomino that really puts its foot down and says there are there's so much life here in the concepts that drive gundam as a franchise um that war in the pocket is kind of the thing that makes that what it is it also has maybe the best subtitle of literally anything ever because war in the pocket what a fucking title. My number five, and again, this in War in the Pocket, like swapped places about 10 times on my list because I was just struggled so hard figuring out what to do with it, is Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Um, I think ultimately why Char's Counterattack for now is higher, it might easily switch by the next time we do one of these lists, is mostly when I rewatch War in the Pocket, which I've done three or four times at this point, I love it as much as I always have, but I don't feel like I sort of find new depths to it. I have watched Char's Counterattack what must be five or six times at this point as a movie. Um, and every time I watch Char's Counterattack, I like it more. And I notice something different about it. And it challenges me in different ways. Um, and so I think that's the element of it that kind of ultimately kind of pushed it a little bit above War in the Pocket to me. Um, Char's Counterattack is just fucking amazing. Um, number four is the highest new thing on my list is Mobile Suit Gundam 00. This is including the movie A, Awakening of the Trailblazer. Holy shit, Double O Gundam. This is the thing that I think this is the most my estimation of any show has improved on by doing the podcast on it. Um, not in terms of like a specifically just the conversation, but also just rewatching it with the podcast mindset. Um, like I always liked Double O Gundam a lot, but if you had talked to me before we had started doing Weekly Suit Gundam and I had made this list, it maybe would have been in my top 10, but I don't think it would have been in my top five. But I think I was just like underestimated that show so much by not having, being able to have the conversations we had on the podcast. I'll say that the Double O Gundam podcast and those three, the three podcasts we did are for me easily the highlight of season two or year two of the show. 
Um, like I just think they're some of the best podcasts we've recorded because the material from the show is so good. It is such a great re-examination of what Gundam is in the 21st century, really kind of taking, I think, what Gundam Seed had some ambitions to do in some ways, or at least it was marketed to do and never really tried um, of updating the concept of what Gundam is for the modern world. And it, Gundam Seed doesn't really do that that much. Devil Gundam really looks at what was happening um, with things like the war on terror, er, terror and 9-11 and geopolitics in the mid-2000s. How had war fundamentally changed as a like political phenomena? Uh, and said, well, then what does Gundam have to say about what war is now compared to what war was in World War II, which sort of defined what Mobile Suit Gundam and the original kind of themes of Gundam were looking at. Um, and Double Gundam does that better than anything you could ever imagine. I think it's just an incredibly smart, smart show that's so well made with such great characters. It's deeply entertaining while also challenging you so much as a viewer to question your assumptions about both what Gundam can be and about what the world is. Um, like the choice to have Setsuna, the main character in our Gundam boy, be someone who is of Middle Eastern descent, I think is such like a bold creative decision that really brings the whole project alive and gives you this perspective that Gundam has never given you, which is the perspective of people whose lives have been ravaged, not just by war, but by the forever war, by this unending war generated by political tensions coming out of the Cold War um, and by the in the Cold War itself um, that have sort of ravaged the Middle East in the modern political era. Um, and doing that through this show, it was just incredible. As, and also then it leads you into Awakening of the Trailblazer, which I think is just one of the best Gundam movies. It's one of my favorite animated movies um, and sort of ends that saga by just going big and bold and crazy in the way that I think is the only time any AU Gundam thing that we have done so far like challenges and lives up to the promise of Tomino Gundam um, and made by a different team. Uh, it's just Double Gundam to me is like a peerless work of art um, and one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Um, it is only surpassed by my top three, which go un unchanged so far. My number three is Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. My number two is Turn A Gundam called Turn A Gundam. And my number one, as always, is the first and the best Mobile Suit Gundam. Interesting. There are some significant pockets of agreement. There are more significant pockets of disagreement than I thought. Interesting. So, I'll go through mine. Uh, there's, there's one that we're going to have to have a fight on. Okay. Um, and everything else I know is resolvable. But we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, the bottom is very similar. My 21 is G-Savior. It's shit. Who gives a fuck? Uh, my 20 is MS Igloo 1. It's not shit. I'm not going to be that mean. It's just not worth much. Uh -huh. uh, my number 19 is Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Destiny, which I do think I like a little more than you do. But he's in the exact same spot. Regardless. Interesting. I, I I thought that Gundam Wing was going to be nineteen for you, and eighteen was going to be Sea Destiny. Oh no, no, Wing is better. Wing, if if for no other reason than Wing has endless waltz, which I think is great. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Sea Destiny. I like a little more. I don't. I'm not going to defend it. It's a bad show. <laughs> I I don't think it's a. I don't think it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. The way you said, but because um, there are things in it I genuinely like, but it is definitely one of the most baffling pieces of storytelling I've ever seen in like the pop culture space. Mm -hmm. um, this is one small area of disagreement. My number 18 is Zeta Gundam, A New Translation. 
I mean, if you're just purely judging the Zeta Gundam material, it's better than some of the other things on this list. But I, and this is weird, because I think on the episode, I liked these movies more than you did. You definitely did by a lot. But I just, if if we're going to separate them out, I don't think they're worth much. Um, I think as an addendum to Zeta Gundam, they are an interesting alternate perspective as their own thing. They are largely incomprehensible to anyone new. And I think the ending really kneecaps the entire point of Zeta Gundam. It would be like fucking Romeo and Juliet where they live at the end. Like, I'm sorry, the story was built for a certain purpose. And if, you know, if, if Hamlet kills Claudius and then goes and becomes the king and lives happily ever after, Hamlet isn't worth much, even if the rest of it was great. And I do think a lot of a new translation is pretty good, but um, that element of it, I just... I find more value as a standalone thing in something like 17, which is Gundam Wing and Endless Waltz, which I agree is very boring. It has a lot of problems, but it has some things I do very much like about it. It's got some great mobile suits. It's got some good individual episodes. Endless Waltz as an OVA, as a movie, is very strong, and if we were ranking it separately, would be higher. Um, so that's why that goes there. Uh, number 16 is 0083 Stardust Memory. We are in agreement here that 0083 is better than Gundam Wing. Um, I like 0083 in in places. I think it's got several several standout episodes. There are some episodes of 0083 that are really great on their own merits. I mm -hmm. think the one where Ko is having his gay romance <laughs> with the mechanic, uh, or the other uh, soldier from Xeon and Magic yeah. plays, is great. I think the the one where their commander dies is a fantastic episode. I think the premiere is really good. Mm -hmm. um, it falls apart in the second half, and Nina, Nina Purpleton is one of the worst Gundam characters. Um, she's not as bad as, like, season two Kira. So thank you that, Gundam Seed Destiny. You redeemed Nina a little bit in my eyes, because she's not that bad. But, like, yeah, that, that, that part doesn't work. But, God, the animation is wonderful. The music is great. There's a lot to love here. Number 15, the most pleasant surprise from the last year is MS Igloo 2. Uh, exact same spot on our two lists. Yep. Uh, it's very good. It's, you know, only three episodes and 90 minutes total and a little less substantial than some of the other stuff. But um, I like it an awful lot. My number 14, this is where this is where we have a disagreement. My number 14 is Gundam Seed. Um, it's going it to be is, higher on our combined list, I'll tell you that right now. Okay. It's, yeah, we'll see. Um, Gundam Seed is good. Got no doubt about it. That second half is great, and there are several... Utter classic moments, as you were outlining. I think for me, you know, uh, the the escape from Orb with Wheels of Dawn is an even bigger moment for me than Kira's arrival uh, with Meteor in the middle of the show. Although that is, as you say, the turning point. I, you know, I've only seen Gundam Seed once. And this is one place where it's a little tough for me. Because I, I found the first half of this show really rough. And I do... I think I probably hold the aesthetic side of this against it a little more than you do. I do think, like... I just can't put a show this ugly above some other things, no matter how good the storytelling is, because I think it definitely holds it back. When Gundam Seed is cooking, it is top-tier Gundam. There is no doubt about that. I think it is not... I think it is much more uneven than some of the other shows on this list. Like Nine Number 13, which is After War Gundam X. I love After War Gundam X. Um, I think it's... I, it probably does not have any highs as high as Gundam Seed. Definitely doesn't have as high as high as Gundam Seed. But I think it is a much more consistent show. I find it thematically more interesting. Um, I, I, I definitely look at the characters more fond. You know, I think one of my problems with Seed is that I think Kira 
is okay for me at best. I never think he becomes a great Gundam protagonist. He is more of a cipher than anything else. Um, and it is... I know for this ranking we need to separate Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed Destiny. The problem is Season 2 Kira and Gundam Seed Destiny is the worst Gundam character. And that is a problem for me in ranking mm-hmm. Seed. My number 12 is Mobile Fighter G Gundam. I love Mobile Fighter G Gundam and I will stand for it all day long. My number 11 is Mobile Suit Gundam F91. Um, I put this down a little bit further this year because some other things rose in my estimation. And I, I can admit that F91 is imperfect even though when it is at its best it is as good as Gundam gets. It is so great. Uh, one that rose in my estimation. My number 10 is Mobile Suit Victory Gundam. Um, over the last year, Mobile Suit Victory Gundam has occupied a bigger and bigger space in my head. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that the world already dark when we reviewed this show has gotten even darker. And I think there is such wisdom and virtuosity and bravado and daringness in Victory Gundam. And I think it is entirely possible, that, it, especially if I rewatch it, that this could rise higher when we are done with this whole thing. Um, I think Victory Gundam, I had some complaints about it when we watched it, although I, we were always on the same page that it's a great show. Yeah. Um, but I think the things that don't quite work, some of the structural issues have faded, and and some of my absolute strongest Gundam memories, what sticks in my head, a lot of it comes from Victory Gundam. And in fact, I really did consider putting it a couple spots higher. And I'm kind of hedging but, you know, let's see the, how it goes. Because uh, a part of that is I've spent a lot of time listening to the soundtrack for this show, which I think is one of the best. Yeah. Um, I, I love this show. I Even right now, I think I maybe should be higher. Uh, number nine is Gundam Double Zeta. Gundam Double Zeta is fantastic. Uh, it, has, it has its problems. You know, I, I do not have the same issue you do with the first arc on Shangri-La. My problem is the stuff on, like, Moon Moon... And that stuff comes up in the first half and the second half and is very bad and should be cut. Um, but man, when this show is cooking, it's the best. Judo is one of the best Gundam boys. Uh, the main cast is one of the best Gundam casts. Captain Bright has some of his best stuff in the whole series here. Um, you have not just the Dublin episode, but I think the entire ending sequence then um, is phenomenal. And Judo sort of being this culminating force from... Um, Amaro to uh, Camille then to Judo as like the final voice in this trilogy of shows is so powerful um, and is why I think it, it deserves to be high. Number eight, I've got Gundam Unicorn. I can be persuaded to put Gundam Unicorn lower because um, it's been a while since I've seen it. it. This one is always hard to place for me, um, but that's where it is right now. My top seven were very easy and this was like boom, 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 boom for me. Uh, number seven is 8th MS Team. Um, I do not have the same problems you do with the Romeo and Juliet story. And I think its highs are just so incredibly high. And one of I agree that Gundam 00 was the my favorite thing we did on the podcast this year. But a close runner-up would be our 8th MS Team episode. Because I realize this is just a, a stupidly fun show to talk about. Uh-huh, yeah. And as much fun as I have watching it, doing that episode rose it in my estimation a little bit. It would be lower if we haven't hadn't done that episode. But that's where it is. My number six is Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Um, masterpiece. My number five is Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. Also a masterpiece, but eclipsed for me by Mobile Suit Gundam 00, um, which is my number four. We have 00 in the exact same place. It is number four for both of us. Um, the difference is that I have it above Zeta Gundam, and 
I don't feel any qualms about that. I love Zeta Gundam, but I actually do think Double O is just straight up the better show. I think it is better paced. I think it is... Um, it, it, it Zeta Gundam probably has the higher high moments in, like, its ending, but Zeta Gundam also has a couple of narrative cul-de-sacs and, like, things that aren't perfectly planned out and that sort of stuff. And Double O is just... It is one of the most purposeful pieces of art I've ever seen in that the planning and execution of Double O from moment one of episode one to the last moment of the movie, there is just no slack in this thing. It is such an overwhelming masterpiece to me. And then my top three are my top three and they will be. It's very solid for me. Number three, War in the Pocket. Um, It is one of the great anti-war stories. And as we talked about when we did the podcast on it, I think it is just one of the most airtight fictional arguments against war that I've ever seen in the in what it constructs rhetorically and narratively to make an argument about how war hurts people, um, real people. It is unbelievable, and the final punch that it builds to is something else, and it is... These last three are the the ultimate S new type tier to me, uh, and two being Turn A Gundam and one being Gundam seventy nine. So no disagreement on those top two. But Sean, yes, I am now going to take these two lists, and I am going to put them in the Google Doc. So I already put mine them. in there for you, so you only have to put yours. Oh okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, I also um, put our year one list of how we rank them together in there also. Okay. We can, yeah, we. They're, they're, it's going to be different this year, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I just like let's, just for reference, um, if we wanted to look at it, I thought, oh, I might as well throw that in there. Yeah. So let's look for places of agreement. First off, um, the bottom ones are identical, twenty-one through nineteen. So should yes. we start there? Yes. G Savior is the worst. MS Igloo is the second worst. C Destiny is the third worst. I think that that is an easy thing to do. <laughs> and our top two are the same. Yes. So okay, that's easy. The polls we agree on. Now, uh, so I have those there for us. Now let's see. Let's go with the low end here, Sean, because mm-hmm. this area 18 to 16, there's a little tiny bit of disagreement, it seems, here. Um, so you have Gundam Wing, Stardust Memory, then Zeta, New Translation. I have Zeta, New Translation, and then Gundam Wing and Stardust Memory. How do we want to reconcile those? Let's just go with your order. Like, if you have Zeta lower than those other two and you like those movies more than I did overall, like... Yeah, I mean, I'm not passionate about those movies. The only reason why it's even higher than those is just because I enjoyed watching the third one so much. I was like, well, I enjoyed watching that third movie more than I enjoyed these other two things. I don't think any of them are, like, great as things. Um, So I'll just go with the thing I had the best time watching overall. And so that's how I rigged it. That is totally fair. And I think if I were going by the exact same standard, I might do the same thing. I think my standard was a little more, like, I don't know, complicated, like... Mm-hmm. What do they put into the world of value? And I could see the difference, yeah. but... Um, I didn't want to think that hard about things I don't care about that much. Okay. <laughs> like Zeta, the so movie Zeta, Gundam Wing, and Stardust Memory. I just, yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think the thing I would care about most with that is Stardust Memory being above Gundam Wing, which we agreed on. So. Me too. Okay. 15, we agree, is MS Igloo 2. Yep. Uh, and then we start getting into disagreements. Okay. Okay. Do we want to have the seed conversation now? Or do we want to go to the other end and talk about, like, the top five, six? Um, like, I'll say that I feel very passionate that I think Gundam Seed deserves to at least be in the top ten, even if it needs to be in the, at the bottom. 
Um, I think it needs to be at least in the top ten. Um, like I'm fine with here's, it going here's down what I will, where I have it, but here's what I will grant. I would be perfectly happy putting it above. Looking at my list, Gundam X, G Gundam, and F ninety one. I have no problem with that. Let's do. Th- I guess let's do that right now then. Um, because where we'll do start I have... there. I'm just saying because then yeah. what we run into is victory for me, and I would really struggle putting it above victory. Hmm. That's the wall. I'm I'm even okay putting Unicorn lower, or something like that. This is what my weird feelings about victory that are evolving. Um, but I think... First thing I'm going to do while we're thinking about it is I'm yeah. going to take uh, G Gundam X and F91, kind of unnumbered and throw them in this next tier. Yeah, because it I seems think like we have them around the same spot on our list, right? We do. Um, we, we have a disagreement about, I think, Gundam X versus G Gundam, but we can talk about that. Um, but those are the next tier. Those will be 14, 13, and 12 in some order. Yeah. Then, um, looking at your list, um, so I'm going to pull up this set for you, which you had uh, Seed, Unicorn, 8th MS Team, and Victory. Yeah. And I had in that zone Unicorn, Double Zeta, Victory, and then Seed I had lower, but we're going to put it higher. Um, so let's see here. So 8th MS Team is also one where it seems like might be a sticking point. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's let's uh, let's just go ahead and order G Gundam after we're Gundam X and F ninety one. Um. Okay, since we know that. that that's going to be fourteen, thirteen, and twelve. Um. So. Well, we have to we have to fight over. I had G Gundam higher, and you had War X higher. Yeah. So, but we agree that F ninety one is better than both of those. Yes. Like, I I'm not passionate about one of those. G Gundam or After War Gundam X being better than the other. Like, I'm, I'm fine with going with whatever your order was. Okay. Um, then G Gundam, you know, it's the one with the Gundam horse. I don't know. I, like, what are we talking about here? It's yeah. got Fun Psyche. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with those swapping, swapping places. Um, okay. Yeah. Then we got this mess to figure out. Um, so this, this is where I would put Seed. You seed have 11. Seed much higher, yeah. You have okay. seed much higher, and I don't want to hurt... My seed is at eight, Okay, I think, on my list overall, I think. Yes, it is. List. Yes. Um, so, and then seed for me was at 14, but we've already jumped it in the queue. Um, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, here's the... Because now, because, like, thinking about Victor Gundam, I, I want to say, like, I didn't really move anything on my existing list at all. I just plugged in stuff from my okay. old list. So I did not revise placements in my existing list. So I'm I'm absolutely willing to put Victory Gundam higher because looking at it, I also feel like it's too low and I just didn't move it at all on my list. Um, so I'm like, I think actually if I were to revive my list like right now, I think I would put Victory Gundam higher than 08th MS team and Unicorn, but not above Seed personally, but I would be fine with Seed being below it on our combined list. If you want to just, if we just want to okay. do the Victory Gundam thing and shoot that motherfucker up, I'm I'm down for that. Let's think about that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just just to help us here. Yeah. I'm also gonna put in the top six, um, which are the same top six. They're just in a slightly different order for the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and we don't have to worry about the top two. Yes. Because our top two are the same. So beyond, uh, let's let's because I actually think this is more resolvable. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. That's, three that's through just, six. Yeah. Moving those around a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Gundam 00, we both had at four. So in one form or another, I kind of feel like it should be at four for the moment. I'm um, fine with that, yeah. But then, I mean, there is the problem. We had different number threes. So, um, Char's counterattack, you had above War in the Pocket. Yes. I had War in the Pocket all the way up at number three. You had Zeta Gundam at number three. Um, how do we want to square this circle? What um, discussion needs to be had here? Like, I mean, I'm... F I... I'm fine with War in the Pocket being above Char's counterattack. I am not fine with War in the Pocket being above Zeta. I think that would be... And I, okay. I think I'm actually fine with Double O Gundam being above Zeta, though. If we want Double O to be three, Zeta to be four, five to be War in the Pocket, and six to be Char's counterattack, I could live with that order. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, though. That is a grand bargain. This is like... We are like in the Senate doing what, yes. uh, what Joe Manchin will never achieve... <laughs> Making a grand bargain. Um, I'm okay with this. So, together, as a podcast, we push double O up to three, you're saying? Yeah, because I, I, I there's something you about your argument for double O kind of... I like. I still personally, I think, like Zeta more. But, I mean, you're absolutely right that Zeta, like, specifically the Ruzamiya, um storyline is a complete dead end. It is entirely there to fill space. Um, and double O, um, while I, like hold Zeta Gundam's like virtues in such tremendously high regard that that's put it above Double O for me ultimately. I think Double O is a much tighter production in most ways than Zeta. I'm fine with that being the reason it's number three. So in this compromise, I get more in the pocket above Char's counterattack, but yes. you get Zeta Gundam above War in the pocket, and then we put Double O at three. I like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good I'm, with that. I'm, I'm good with that ordering, yeah. I think that is a good reflection of if you somehow melded us together, that is what this would look like, I uh -huh. think. Yeah. Somehow. All right. We'll revisit in a second, but I'm okay with that for now. So now this leaves the spots between 7 and 11. And we have to rank 8th MS Team, Unicorn, Double Zeta, Victory, and Seed. Let's do the easy thing first. What is the weakest of those overall as a group that we could agree on? And because I wasn't that firm on where I wanted to put it anyway, I'm kind of okay putting Unicorn at number 11. I am I think I'm good with, yeah, Unicorn going down. Um, yeah. I would definitely argue for 8th MS team being above it. Well, I would argue for all those being above it, actually. Um, double Zeta victory. I had it higher, but you know what? I, I think it should be 11. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like I had Unicorn above 08th MS team, but I don't think that, like, I don't feel strongly about that. I think they're kind of of similar qualities overall to me, really. Okay, so now we're in the top 10. Mm -hmm. We have Seed, 8th MS Team, and Victory. Given the passion which, with which we talked about things, I think maybe 8th MS Team needs to be 10. That's where it is on my list. So, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, we can I'm do that. Yeah, because I do think, like, I think the thing with 8th MS team is I think it's, like, an impeccably made show. I do have qualms with, like, some of the stuff in the second half and some of the Romeo and Juliet stuff. Um, but, like, I think what puts it a little bit lower is I do think, like, the bigger narrative and thematic ideas behind 8th MS team are fairly light. It's much more of, like, it's a good action Vietnam story. And it has some yes. good stuff there, but it doesn't have, like... When I think of Victory Gundam Seed and Double Zeta, like to me, those shows have just such powerful, strong ideas that motivate them. I disagree on Seed, but I don't disagree to the degree that this would offend me. Mm -hmm. um, and I totally see where you're coming from on it. So I think this is another grand compromise that works 
totally fine. And I am passionate about it being better than Unicorn. So uh, I think we're good there. Um, Unicorn is like this weird thing that's become a Trojan horse where I wind up... This happened both years where I had it weirdly high and then I sacrificed it at the altar. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm okay with that. Maybe maybe I did it on purpose. Maybe I'm a wily bastard. All right. Now we got Double Zeta Seed and Victory. Do we agree Double Zeta is the top of those? Yes. Yeah, that's we both had it higher. Yeah. Okay. Now, if we keep seed at number eight, you have given no ground on seed. <laughs> I'm fine with victory going above seed. That was okay. that was part of my. I said that I'm fine with victory shooting up, um, higher than it was on my list. You did say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. it's now because now because the thing that we have done is we have put victory like two or three slots higher than it is on either of our individual list, and I think that that's fucking rad. So that is rad, and. As I say, and maybe that's just for me an accelerated process, but this actually feels right to me because of how much that show has grown in my estimation and memory. And just like the way I go about thinking about the world through art, um, victory has become a part of that language for me. So looking at it, I actually really like this a lot. Um, Seed was definitely your pet project this year, the way last year I think like, F91 and uh, and uh, G-Gun and was And I gave up on G-Gun last year. <laughs> I had to to get F91 higher, I think. But, um... Yes. So let's look at this for now, Sean, and see if we like it. So the bottom, 21 G-Savior, 21... Or 20 Igloo 1, and 19 Seed Destiny. Very easy, because they were the same for both of yes. us. 18 being Zeta and New Translation, 17 being Gundam Wing, and 16 being 0083. I'm cool with that, because that was my list. Yes, I, then I think that that's a, a totally good order for things that are fine. All right. <laughs> I like that. Things We should do a box set of these three Gundam things. They are Gundam things that are fine. Yeah. 15 MS Igloo 2, because it was the same on either one. Uh, 14, 13, the only swap here was that I had G Gundam higher, you had Gundam X higher, but I won and G Gundam is higher because fucking shining finger god damn it yeah shining um, finger the master asia death scene i mean yeah i, I think i'd like yeah. for me g gundam after we're gonna max are of pretty similar qualities so, okay um yeah I'm good f91 at 12 which you know in my heart of hearts maybe i'm a weirdo and i put it even higher but i think for this combined list it being this high is a goddamn victory and we are weirdos for liking it this much but we are also right yeah, I mean, to be fair, Jonathan, I had it at 12 and you had it at 11. Like, we, yeah, we okay. both had That's it fair. about here on our individual list. Yes. So I think we're... Um, we're in agreement. Yeah, it's yeah where it should be. Number 11 is Unicorn, and it seems like both of us would have it higher on our individual lists, but neither of us would fight for it the way we would some of the other shows, which means in our combined list, this is a good place for it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to characterize it. Like, I think it's, like, undeniably a really, really good show. It, but I think it's like, at least for me personally, it's one I it's one I have a harder time being super passionate about. Like in a weird way, I think it's better than F ninety one, but I'm kind of more passionate about F ninety one. But that equation doesn't equate to it being higher than Unicorn, at least for me right now. Um, but that's okay. kind of how it works in my head, I guess. Yeah. Hey, maybe we have to revisit that question at some point. Who knows? Sure. Um, and I do. I also think it might be worth at some point when we get there in the chronology breaking off narrative doing an actual episode about it and then ranking it separately but we mm-hmm. can revisit that when we get there um number 10 is 8th ms team um which was about where you had it right yeah it was exactly yes. where you had it. it moved down a little bit for me but that was our grand bargain and it worked number nine is seed um and then number eight is victory and then number seven is double zeta six is shars counter which i think actually flopped from last year yeah 
Um, I I have come around more to Char's counterattack because I've seen it more times mm-hmm. the way you have. Um, and then number five, War in the Pocket. Number four, Zeta. Number three, Gundam 00. And then our top two are inarguable turn A and then Gundam 79. Are we cool with that? I, I think that this is a good list. Yeah, like I think... Um... The, yeah, like I eventually I would I'm gonna maybe push Shars Counterattack. Eventually I'm gonna watch Shars Counterattack again. I'm gonna think it's better and it's gonna go higher on my list. So eventually I think Shars Counterattack <laughs> will end up higher because we'll both have watched it more than we have right now. Um, but where it is right now, I think is good. Yeah, I'm, that's where I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about where I had. It. I had it. I think at five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything else you feel like is still kind of nagging at you or you want to fight for? No, I think I think this is a good list. Like I said, like when I made my list, I didn't really futz around with the existing order because that would have like been a lot of thinking about stuff. Um, so I think it is interesting that like Victor Gundam has like sort of shot up um, in a way that like I just hadn't like I just hadn't given thought to Victory Gundam when I made my list. Um, and then you like said, oh, I put Victory Gundam higher than it was. I'm like, I should have probably put Victory Gundam higher. I have just didn't afforded any brain power, yeah. and Victory Gundam is really fucking good. So, well, this is yeah. what's fun about doing this together is that it's kind of like a weird algebra equation uh-huh. where things turn out differently than they were on the other side of the equal sign. So, like our weird um, chemistry where double O winds up higher than it was on either of our lists, but we look at it and it's like that actually seems pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that, and you know. Maybe I'll rethink Zeta and we can talk about that. But, like, we should say, yeah. with the, if it's in the top five, we are disagreeing by matters of partial degrees, right? Exactly, yeah. And I, I like, you know, for me, Zeta is partially, like, I've watched that show three times now and I watched those three movies. So, like, I think that's where my, because, like, because I do, like, do really believe that Zeta is a better show than Double O, but I think the arguments for Double O are also extremely strong. I also had double O at my number four. So, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. And it's I would have been okay with flipping these and having Zeta at three and double O at four. But um, I feel like you, you compromise on a lot of other stuff also. So I want to give your, your okay. double O a little bit higher. So Thank I think you. it's good. It's good where it is. Hey, this is pretty cool. And I think that also is good for our year two rankings, given that double O ate up a lot of this year and I wouldn't have it any other way. Cause it was yes. such a fun thing to dive into. Yeah, and I mean, it speaks to the quality of Double O um, that it is able to like very handily break into what to me is like the the the, the Gundam canon or whatever in the more traditional yes. YouTubers canon. Um, that it's like it's up there with the best of the original Tomino stuff um, in Turn A Gundam. It's like at that same level of quality generally as that yes. top top absolute top tier Gundam. Um, yeah, I mean, the only things in the list. top seven that aren't Tomino are War in the Pocket and Double O. Yeah, and and I think it like speaks to the quality of them that that they deserve to be in there. the top eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Toby knows stuff is high. All right, so do you want to let's count these down together, Sean? Uh, the worst Gundam show, number twenty one. G Savior, fuck that shit. The not quite as bad as that one Gundam show, number twenty. MS Igloo one. It's bad, but I, I'm not gonna say fuck it. It's like whatever. 19. Mobile Suit Gundam C Destiny. It is not bad for the absence of good. It is bad for the absence of logic. Yes, but you know, even though it is definitely better than MS Igloo One, I will also say, say "Fucksy Destiny." Fuck that show. Yeah, sure. Um, Fucksy Destiny. Number eighteen <laughs> is Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta: A New Translation, the movie trilogy. There you go. 
It's okay. Number 17, new mobile report Gundam Wing and Endless Waltz. That and Endless Waltz is doing a lot of work there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Number 16 is Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memory. Number 15, MS Igloo 2. Number 14, After War Gundam X. Number 13, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. The East is Burning. Number 12, Mobile Suit Gundam F91. Number 11, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn and Mobile Suit Gundam Narrative, the movie sequel. Number 10, Mobile Suit Gundam The 08th MS Team. Number 9, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Number 8, Mobile Suit Victory Gundam, the little boy that could. (laughs) That could be scarred for life. Yes. (laughs) Number 7, Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta. Number 6, Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack. Number 5, Mobile Suit Gundam 0080, War in the Pocket. Number four, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. Number three, Mobile Suit Gundam 00 and Awakening of the Trailblazer. Number two, Turn A Gundam called Turn A Gundam. Number one, Mobile Suit Gundam. Motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. At least we will have those top two to never argue about. <laughs> yes, I, you know, at least, you, maybe Jonathan, you end up being just a hardcore Gundam Build Fighters fanatic. But unless that happens, I don't think anything's going to break uh, the Turn A Gundam, Mobile Suit Gundam fucking duo at the top of this list. Which is the Build Fighters one you don't really like? Is it Try? Try, yeah. We'll we'll readdress that one. And okay. it, maybe it's good. Maybe I was just in a bad mood when I watched it originally, but I did not. I'm like just it. trying to imagine the world where like I get hit on the head, and then this time next year we're arguing for Build Fighters Try versus Turn A Gundam, and you're just tearing your hair out. Yes, I would lose my mind. I would absolutely lose my mind if you're trying to argue that. All right, all right. Sean, uh, should we preview the next year, roughly, of this podcast? Yeah, because we've, we've got, like I said, you know, it, 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 hey, I don't want to make any promises, but I'm guessing probably that the next year will be the last year of, like, the first phase or whatever, of, like, the original project of this podcast of catching up to where Gundam is, Um depending on scheduling stuff we might not quite make that in a year but if we don't quite make it in the next year we'll get pretty damn close i think at the very least i think we'll get to where it was when we started um you know build divers is the one that was on the air when we started the project and Mm -hmm. who knows about that but everything else i know we can get to so mobile suit gundam hathaway is going to be first up because it is a new movie coming out in july but um Then we will be doing Gundam Age. We will be doing Gundam Age in two parts, with the first two arcs on part one and the next two arcs on part two. So just split down the middle. Yes. Then we are doing. Very. If you're watching the show, it will be very, very obvious where those arcs splits are. I don't want to say why, because it'd be kind of spoilers. But like, you will know immediately when it's like, okay, this is how much of the podcast they're going to do because it'll be the first two arcs, and you will announce the the episodes ahead of time. Uh Um, Yeah. Uh, then we will have Build Fighters, and we are doing these as Build Fighters in one episode, Build Fighters Try in another, and then the Build Fighters OVAs in a third, because you thought those deserved maybe their own mini-cast. Yeah, there's just because there's just enough of them. Of Those are the Battle Logs, um, GM's Counterattack, which is sort of a follow-up to the original Build Fighters, and then Island Wars, which is a follow-up to Build Fighters Try. So I don't think it's not going to be enough for a big episode, but it's enough of stuff that it would feel too much to tack on to an existing episode um, and too much to just sort of leave on the cutting floor of the podcast entirely, especially because I really like GM's Counterattack a lot, so I want to rewatch it. Yes. Uh, then Reconquista in G. It's a single season show, so it'll be one episode. Yeah, that one, that's going to be a fun podcast. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to watching that show again. 
I will tell you that is the one I'm most looking forward to watch just because of the Tomino of it all, and uh-huh. I've heard it's weird. Yeah, it's um, weird. Then we will have Iron Blooded Orphans seasons one and season oh. two. I will Good finally stuff. learn why those orphans have so much iron in their blood. Yeah, you know, it's what the show is about. I mean, you have to wait until the last episode because it's a huge twist. It's just like, this is why you are the iron-blooded orphans. Um, they say it in English, actually. It's very distracting. I just can't believe I mean, they always name the show after the mobile suit, so there's a mobile suit that's called Iron-Blooded Orphans. That's weird. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. Then we will have, and actually, I'm not sure where we will wind up doing this and what form it will take, but Gundam Thunderbolt, which I love, but is... Utterly unfinished in anime. Uh-huh. Um, they've done two seasons of it. We can do them all at once. The manga, which I've read a lot of, is way, way beyond that. And I don't know if they're making more. They should. Thunderbolt is great. Um, but we will definitely be doing Gundam The Origin, the OVA series. Because yes. that will be finished when we are done with Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, someone asked why we haven't talked about Twilight Axis yet. That's a little OVA. And I thought maybe we do an episode somewhere pairing narrative and Twilight Axis if we want to give those their due. Um, yeah, Twilight but, Axis is just so short that it's yeah. not enough to do a whole own podcast on. But, it, it, I mean, it, yeah, if we can find something to, like, stick it on to, um, yeah. I would, it would be worth talking about. Um, just not so that's a maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then Build Divers and Build Divers Re-Rise will be two episodes on their own as well. Yeah, uh, and Re-Rise that will be big recent. when we when we get there. That will be when I have not seen those shows at all because yeah. they we started the podcast while Build Divers was in progress. So um, that's going to be weird to, to do that. But it's like not like a one-off movie or something like G-Savior, but a proper Gundam show that I have not seen that we'll be covering together. So between Hathaway, Age, Build Fighters... G-Reco, Iron-Blooded Orphans, and The Origin, that's 10 guaranteed episodes, and probably the next 10. And then Thunderbolt, Narrative, Build Divers, Divers Re-Rise, Twilight Access, um, maybe next year, maybe not, but those are also on the on the floor probably after that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's coming. I am super excited. My plan, Sean, and, and I think you're probably okay with this, is I think I'm going to start watching Gundam Age soon. Yes. Um, so that we can do that soon after Hathaway. Um, mm-hmm. And in July, we can maybe do a bunch of Gundam. Um, and, and that'll be great. Because I, I want to get back. I have not watched a Gundam TV show since Double O, and I'm fucking jonesing. Yes, yeah, because we've been on, you know, because this was an interesting year for the show, because since we did that whole rounding back around to covering a bunch of the OVAs, we kind of have done mostly like an OVA and movie year, it feels like. And we've done Seed, Seed Destiny, and Double O. Um, but that is not, you know, we did like 10 full TV shows the first year of this podcast. So, Because um, <laughs> we're crazy. Because we're fucking maniacs, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to. I mean, I am so excited to do Gundam Build Fighters, I think is going to be such a fun podcast. It's such a fun show. And G-Reco, I think, is, is I've just been so eager to re-watch that. And then Iron-Blooded Orphans also, I think that's going to make uh, for some really great stuff. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to play along... Start watching Gundam Age. Be ready for Hathaway when that launches on Netflix, and we will be talking about that. Um, and, you know, we are entering one of the most exciting phases because this is this is a podcast project that actually has kind of an end goal, and we are inside of it. Yes, and that means that we basically have about one year, Jonathan, to figure out what are we going to do with this podcast once we have actually caught up to the Gundam and we have no more Gundam for Weekly Suit Gundam. <laughs>